0: Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I, of course, am your co-host, Kylan Savage. With me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith.
1: Hello, hello. What's up? Not my, I was expecting a pun. There's no pun. I'm not recording. So <laughs> I got a little thrown by that. So this is Zoom Teage, oh, and cool. that's what you get from me right. right now. All
2: right.
0: Super <laughs> professional over here. We also have beautiful producer, Josh. Hello, hello as well. Mm. <laughs> I'm just copying TJ. I don't have anything either. None of y'all. You didn't do like a Caroline O? Or I mean, a hello, uh, friends and way. lovers. Come on, guys. I can't. Uh, I can't pick up the slack for everybody good. here.
1: I could. I could pull out my gun like Annie Oakley. Uh,
0: that. Pew, pew. We're just starting, so I'll give boom, that boom. one to you. But I think you got to step ah. up your game. I'll work uh, on it a little bit, Sorry, guys. Dad. We, uh, <laughs> we I'll also you have. Proud, I promise. Returning guest, Matthew Schwartz from the Moon Traveling Podcast from the band that we're talking about today. Oh, I already said your name, Matthew Schwartz. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> what's his name again? Allow to me to
3: reintroduce myself. Uh, yes.
0: Hi. How are you guys doing? Hi. Welcome back. This is good, man. honestly, I think the shortest amount of time that we've had a return guest. It yeah. feels like you I were mean, just here.
3: Yeah, I For begged sure. you guys really hard and you made it happen. We yep. said
0: fine. Fine, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess is this gonna really <laughs> is going to really show how far out book. I are? haven't,
3: <laughs> I haven't left the Zoom call since. then. So. <laughs>
0: You've been here. He's been here. You've the been whole so time. patient. We appreciate Every, you hanging yeah. out. Every time just, we, we
4: he's got, we've got on, we've been like, guys,
0: Matthew's still here. Should we talk to him now,
4: or should we? <laughs> you know, we just like, mute him, but we've watched <laughs> him put up his Christmas
0: tree. We've just, it's been almost like a screensaver. <laughs> screen <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um. Well, hey, for real, welcome back. We're so excited to have you. Likewise. So on uh, the episode, the last episode you were on, which is volume seventy three, I think seventy three. Yeah, uh, volume seventy three. We talked about Moon Traveler by Aaron Sprinkle with you and Aaron Sprinkle. But you know, he's old news. We didn't <laughs> we didn't invite him back, and we invited you back. If we're not going to tell Aaron that you
1: said that, Kylan. He definitely won't hear it in this episode. Yeah. We're
0: so excited. So the thing is, though, if people want your origin story, because usually that's kind of how we start, mm-hmm. uh, I think people should go listen to that episode. So we can be yep. a little more streamlined today and we can kind of maybe get into a little bit uh, more about your band and about the album that we're covering. So I think... So, nitty gritty. Yeah. I think I just want to, you know, dive right into Pacifico and start talking about that. Tell me about getting that started, some of the people you've worked with, where you're at now, before we get into this album. The whole
1: spiel. The whole spiel. How'd you get
0: started? How'd you get started with Pacifico?
3: The year was 1999. And uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Next year will be 25 years since we started, or I guess maybe when this comes out, it'll be 25 years since we started music. I was in another band called Linger, I was playing bass and doing background vocals and they asked people to submit songs and I was submitting songs. They weren't caring for him, but the drummer pulled me aside and he said, I really like your songs. We should do like a side project. And at the time, like every band that we loved had a side project, like right. Jason Martin probably had about five.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: so I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And it really meant a lot that, you know, he saw something in me and, and such. So we found a bass player and stole him from another band and then uh, we started as a three piece. And then throughout the years, we moved from a three-piece to a four-piece to a five-piece. At some point, I dropped the guitar, and I was just singing uh, and nice. swinging my mic and dancing on stage. We did lots of showcases uh, in New York and L.A. and some pretty cool shows and some crazy tours and such. And uh, things just never happened. Things fell apart. Actually, the new episode we did on Moon Traveling with Ronnie, we talk a little bit about that. Uh, cause oh, Because cool. I'd always said that Ronnie was uh, our manager but you'll hear in that episode that he uh he refutes that claim. <laughs>
2: but he did I love
3: that. Nobody knows who the manager was. <laughs> he did uh push our stuff to labels and he was so sure that Brandon Ebel uh would love our stuff and he passed on us and um and then we had a couple other things happen, like we really what what we determined on that episode and what I've Pretty much always known as that. We were just coming up right as the music industry was falling.
0: Right. Mm. We had when, two when separate, was this? What was the, uh, the year. Oh, roughly? so that was
3: around two thousand three. Okay. Two thousand right. two, two thousand three, two thousand two. I think is about when Tooth and Nail got sold to EMI, right. and then two thousand three was during that year. We we did like a showcase for Atlantic, and I can't. I want to say it was Sony, and in both cases, almost the exact same story happened. We had an R guy offer us a contract on like the end of the week and said, he'd get to us at the beginning of the next week. And then before he sent it, he was let go. Oh,
2: oh brutal. That's Ouch. Such a Bummer. Yeah.
3: Just wasn't meant to be. And so then after all that stuff, we, we also had a situation when we moved out to California in 2003 and our manager, used all of our money, and we had no place to stay, and we were only there for about, I don't know, two, or three months, and then we moved back to Georgia. We lived in a one-bedroom apartment, the five of us. Sorry, two-bedroom apartment, the five of us. And then finally, we just kind of, the guys wanted to move on. Some of them wanted to get married. You know, some of them had right. car payments to pay, you know. Right. So yep. they, as it happens. Uh, since, since I uh, wrote the songs and such, they were like, you can have the name and, and the merch and do whatever you want, and I actually put it on the back burner. I, I, I guess I I, I kind of walked away from it, and I started a band called, um, well, not started, but joined a band called Monday in London in North Carolina, and I was with them for a couple of years until this label Al called me. They were out of Portland, and I don't know how he found my stuff or what, but he uh, wanted to release some Pacifica stuff, and I told him, well, I'm in this new band, and Pacifica's kind of defunct. I do have a bunch of stuff that's never released, and so that's when our anthology album came out, And then he wanted me to do my own stuff. So then we did the face down EP. And then that brings us to Thin Skin, which we're talking about tonight. Then we did our first full-length with them. And he's the one that connected me to uh, Jason Martin, who produced it. And then since then, we've put out three more records. And um, pretty much, yeah, from the moment all the band left, it it became a collective. I basically, depending on the album or the live thing, um, I just, Kinda just talk to my friends in, or, or yeah. heroes and find people. That's cool. Yeah, find whoever fits the, that, that, the vibe of that album the best, and then... Um, and then we record it or, or live stuff whoever is <laughs> available and cheap <laughs> and we play shows and have
4: a good time.
1: Nice. nice.
4: You mentioned okay. North Carolina I remembered from the episode we did with Aaron I was talking to one of our I believe our mutual friends or one of our mutual acquaintances I think you know Kyle Laster from yeah. the North Carolina scene. Sense. Yeah I was talking to him about you. Yeah he's like oh yeah I know Matthew and I'm just like Every time I talk to Kyle, it just seems like everyone in that scene in like North Carolina, yeah, Georgia, like kind like, of Florida, just like knows, knows each, each other. other, uh, yeah. Knows each other yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty cool.
3: I mean, well, I mean, especially when you're starting out back then, you would be touring. The the regional stuff was pretty regular, you know. So yeah, yeah. we we played with all those
4: bands.
0: Nice, yeah. very cool. You know, that's I I have to I have to applaud you for. I fully understand that. Like getting like so close to this like you know what is ostensibly a big break and then having to walk away but then just like the fortitude of, of coming back and being like well I'm still just like gonna do this yeah a hundred percent relate to that and I feel like that's you know a s- story of quite a few people that like we've talked to yeah and, and and I'm just curious what your take on that is is it similar to like how I feel like people say like writers have to write do musicians just got it? Like, have to play? Is it just in your blood? Is it, it just it, what
3: my blood? Yes, I think it is. But I, I think it depends on the person. I think it also depends on your motivation. I think some right. people. I mean, it definitely is cool when you go see a show and you are like, I want to do that. Right. But what is your motivation for doing that? Right. And for me, I remember as... One of my earliest memories is just singing and making up songs to myself, and then we had a piano in the living room, and before I even took piano lessons, I started writing songs on that, and then they gave me piano lessons, and then I started writing like classical pieces, and then I went to a youth camp and learned guitar, and then I immediately went home and taught myself all the rest and started immediately writing, you know, pop songs. And so, like, I am a writer. That's what I am. You know, like, I, I'm not a... I'd learned this a long... Well, actually, the last couple of years, not a long time ago, but the last couple of years, I learned why I hate jamming. It's because I'm not a, I'm not a guitar player. I'm not a... I'm right. not a I don't like jamming. I like creating, you know? Right. Like, I want to write a song, produce a song, release a song. And yeah. I do enjoy playing live, but that's always secondary to me to making an album. I, I, I enjoy the creating an, a, a song to fruition. And I feel like a song is not finished until it has been recorded and released.
1: Yeah. And even within the, the live performance paradigm it's like if you're putting together a set even that is the work of creation right like you're sequencing songs sure, you're like yeah, yeah you're kind of crafting an experience for people as opposed to just getting on stage and jamming those are two entirely different experiences so from the Correct. creative perspective it makes more sense that even that would be more in your wheelhouse and more kind of something you'd be passionate about as opposed to being like cool let's jam some top 40 or like right, let's just right. make this yeah, up yeah. on the fly that's a totally well, different this, thing
3: this is why I haven't gone the cover band route yet because right. I I there's no creation in that whatsoever and I don't give a crap yeah. if I know how to play, you know, whoever's songs. So that right. that's that's not interesting to me yeah. at all. Oh, my favorite live bands were bands that would play their songs a little different, you know. Yeah. Like and and I myself have done that where like on the like for instance the first song on this album we're going to talk about, it starts late and when we play live I've started it earlier than that, you know? And, mm. you know, I think that that kind of stuff's kind of fun. And then I like also running songs together and stuff like yeah. that. Where, like, you know, we end a song, we immediately go into something else and mm. stuff like that. Where, like you said, that's a creative process.
1: Completely. Yeah. Yeah, it strikes like, me as, like, very obvious that you're just, like, a born creative with that inherent, like, bug. Thank you. That's, like, bitten you and you 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 just can't stop. You can't not do it. I, I mean, it. I found
3: in the pandemic
1: that that I needed it like yeah, not even that same. I can't
3: stop that like if I don't do it I wither so yeah, like yeah. uh that was a big step for me because I'm sure you guys and anyone that's a musician there has been so many times that I've wanted to stop or thought I should stop or what's right. the point kind of thing. But what it really comes down to it is that I am a creative, I do create. And I also believe, I mean, I don't know where you guys down to this, but I, I believe that I'm not writing these songs. I'm a, I'm a satellite receiving a signal. Like it's yeah. easy to do for me. Like it just comes to me. So yeah, yeah. if I'm just getting this thing, what would be the point of me never giving it out and sharing it with people? You know, right, like, right. I mean, even if it only reaches 10 people, those 10 people may be able to connect with
1: it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're the vessel, you receive it, and then you send it back out to, like, see what resonates yeah. with folks. And
3: I think that works with everything in life. I think that we're meant to be people that that connect with that. I think the whole point of life is to connect with people. And mm-hmm. so if you're not connecting with people, then do you have purpose? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And that can yeah. look at a million different
3: ways, but you guys can come to my TED talk. Um... <laughs> yeah. We're there. No, though. I
0: love it. Yeah, as <laughs> as you know, art art as as in creation of art as a way to connect with people is something that fully resonates with me. Like to the point where like when I wasn't yep. getting that connection that I craved specifically through music, I I I quit and did stand up for a while because that's like a really immediate oh that's awesome connection like art form it, it feels mm-hmm. weird to call stand up comedy an art form but I think it is it's a craft oh, it and is it's a, and it's yeah. a, you know and you know that's been <clears throat> excuse me the beauty of this podcast is that you that know, <laughs> I know I know I know go ahead take a drink. Yeah, is that we... Because I I think that, you know, I'm not going to speak for Josh and TJ, but I will assume for them that they feel uh, similarly. Like, this whole, you know, this whole experience, like, just living life is just, you know, better when you get to connect with other people. And, yeah, I just... I I fully resonate with that ethos in terms of of creating music or whatever kind of art, so...
4: And I definitely relate to, like, what you were talking about specifically, like, how you write songs and stuff like that. Because I feel like Kylan and I would hang out and there would be times I'm like, oh, we should just, like, hang out and watch a movie. Like, I never watched one of Kylan's favorite movies because every time I hung out with him, it's like, hey, why don't we just work on some songs? Like, why don't we try to figure <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> some stuff? Like, <laughs> yeah, so Like, like when you're talking about that, like, let's just, yeah. like working through and figuring stuff out, I'm like, oh, that's me. I fully relate to that with, like, (laughs) the musicians in my life. I'm never just like, we should hang out. I'm like, hey, but we got some songs we could, like, kind of work on, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah,
3: Well, and and to do medians like podcasts or or music where – it's unlike stand-up where you're not getting an immediate response. I feel like it's even uh, it's important for your soul too because I've always kind of equated it as uh, you know our ancestors. I'm in a cave, put my hand on a wall, and I'm blowing right. paint on it. All I'm doing is I'm proving that I exist. I'm showing, right. I'm sharing who I am. Maybe with no one, or maybe the next person that comes to the cave, or maybe the person that finds it in ten thousand years. You know, like yeah, yeah. But like, I think sometimes that's what it's like too. Sometimes you just need to yell from the mountaintop, "I exist." You know, yeah. And I, I think even that is has got value, even if no one connects with it. But I do believe it being out there, you know, obviously gives it a greater chance to reach people.
0: Ooh, if I there. love this. We're getting deep right off the bat. I know.
4: It's fun.
0: Okay, I want to. Transition a little bit into okay. Just wait till we get to the songs. <laughs> I'm going to be like, this song is about a
1: heartbreak and this song. Hey. About- <laughs> <I'm laughs> I kidding. I will ask you, Matthew. So it's Hell yeah, we man. will go there. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, I didn't mean so
0: you. my favorite part of the show is I'm going to. It's specifically my favorite when we have the person here who created the album, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand it over to beautiful producer Josh to give us some research, some context about the album we're covering. And Matthew, please feel free to shut him down immediately if he's wrong about anything. I don't think he'll be able to because I just
4: pulled all this straight off of his Bandcamp page. So I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, you point the finger at me, I point it right back at oh, you, man. Right. So, but the band Pacifico, as Matthew has already wonderfully introduced, uh, I'm going to talk about the members, at least for this record, That in the credits that I'm going to be reading are Matthew Schwartz on vocals, guitars, keys, and some drum programming. C. Jason Mask on guitars, vocals, and drum programming as well. Mr. Jason Martin, guitars, keys, per- percussion, and drum programming as well. A lot of that going on here. A lot of drum programming happening. Mr. Stephen Dale, friend of the show uh, mm-hmm. on bass. Great basses. I can't wait to talk about his wonderful bass parts <laughs> all <laughs> the time. Uh, Sam West on drums, who I believe was from Stavesaker, correct? That's correct. So this yep. is a sweet right. Starflyer Stavesaker backing yeah, band I d- you I just got went going. You got
3: the tooth and nail, you know. Super yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I yeah, sure you really did. did. You nailed, nailed it. it. And then
4: it. Uh, I saw, ha, ha nice, toothed <laughs> it. <laughs> and Toothed, stupid. The, the, wow.
0: Matthew, I'm sorry. You you, you can go. Uh, I have to have a talk with these two. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand. Josh, this and is
1: now a part of the show. This is this cool. is CJ and Laura. Now we're going All to right. officially say toothed it. Tooth Anytime it. somebody nails something, uh, perfect. I hate, I hate that. Deal with it. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's not. Sorry, <laughs> it's not good. But see, Matthew's here for it. it. It's a bit. Thanks,
2: All right. Matthew. All right,
0: Matthew can just take my spot. I I'll quit the show. <laughs> yeah. He can just. <laughs> It's true.
4: And then last credit I have is Brandy Hawkins on vocals. Thin skin and an open heart. Now, I do have a question on this because uh, sure, I found yeah. two release dates. On your Bandcamp. it says September 11th of 2009. And then on Spotify, it says August 4th of 2009. August 4th is a Tuesday, which was traditional release day. But, but your band camp is also, I mean, you put it up, so you would know. But is it September uh, 11th or August honestly,
3: 4th? Honestly, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I think that when I was updating my Bandcamp, I just kind of guessed, and I went in. and looked at some posts or something like that. <laughs> but I, I bet whatever is on, you just say Apple. Is that what you said? The first, the other I think one it was, was Spotify. Spotify. Was, yeah. Spotify. Well, no, Spotify would have been later because that wasn't around when it was right. originally released. I, I don't know. I mean, because okay. to be honest, Alam released it originally and they released it via their distribution and then when they folded i basically redid it but that would have been years after that so i honestly somewhere it, we'll just August, say it was September, in the, the late summer yeah. early fall of 2000 i like that yeah, yeah. yeah. i like it yeah. it was release. keep it vague yeah <laughs> Who it was it? released so when it was released i was on tour with the almost as their keyboard player And it was one of the reasons I almost didn't go with them because I was like, I just recorded what I thought was the best thing I ever created in my life with really great musicians, like you mentioned. Mm. And I had a label support and I was like, well, I want to go on tour myself and I want to promote this record. But then I got this offer to go and play with a major label band and I'm like, well, Well, (laughs) "Well, I probably shouldn't turn that down. So I was on the road when the CDs came in and they were sent to me at like a mailbox somewhere somewhere. And I also had postcards made that I, I brought with me. And every show we played, I put postcards out before we nice. played promoting the the album. And then when I got the CDs, if anyone asked or whatever, I didn't sell them on the table or anything right, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. anybody asked, I, I had them with me to sell. I, it was definitely during that time because I started with them in August and ended with them, I think, in November or
1: something like that. Nice. Agree. Right on the Monster Monster release time.
3: That was it, yeah, Monster Tour, yep.
4: Nice, yeah.
1: Well, that's cool that you had kind of a, you know, obviously not that you were like pushing it in a in a snake oil salesman kind of way, but that you you had like <laughs> a sort of captive audience to, to chat with if they were interested, if they asked about it, sure, and probably, yeah. ho- hopefully an audience that has a big overlap with your album with that sound. I could totally yeah, see the almost that's what I was fans hoping. being like super into what you... put out on that record yeah i it but
3: i mean sales numbers and and such would not uh would not show that 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 really was a successful (laughs) endeavor but you know i mean you got to do it you got to shoot your shot you
4: know yeah Yeah. for sure i've got a little bit left some cool things that i do want to mention as matthew already mentioned that this is his first lp and it was on alala music uh we've already talked about a little bit before but it was co-produced co-engineered mixed and mastered by jason martin Co-produced by Matthew Schwartz, co-engineered by Stephen Dale at Project 86 Studios in Irvine, California. And this is also cool that I found this week about this record. Pre-production and additional engineering by Jeremiah Edmund and Robert McDowell in Duluth, Georgia, who are the, at the time at least, were the drummer and guitarist for Manchester Orchestra. So that was a what? cool little nugget yeah. to find. That's yeah, Robert still wonder- in Manchester. Yes, of course. Because Jeremiah was on like the first couple records, I think. Yeah, he
3: he did their first EP, their first full length, and their second full length. And I and think mean after
1: everything? that. everything.
4: Okay, cool, yeah. nice, yeah.
1: sweet. Well, that uh, is all my research. I'd love to hear more about that. If if you wanted yes, to share, Matthew, sure. are they buddies of yours, or how how did that kind of all happen?
3: Yeah, I mean, we we grew up in the same scene. Uh, played Mm -hmm. several shows together uh jeremiah was one of my best friends um i was at the studio they were at all the time he actually is the one that engineered our anthology stuff so when we when we went to la and got screwed and came back to georgia we lived in an apartment we decided we were going to record an album we were like because before that all the all the time before that we had just been demoing for labels that's all we'd ever done well not Mm -hmm. all we did an ep and we did a split ep with copeland well we did that but Mm -hmm. between that and when the anthology came out, all of it was just demoing for labels. And um, so we were like, we want to release a record. Like, you know, you're a band. That's what you want to do. So we uh, went in the studio with Jeremiah, and he engineered it. And, and I guess with him and us, we all produced it together. There wasn't really any big in the room or whatever. Right. And we did the latter half of what ended up becoming anthology with him. And uh, we just became really good friends, and I ended up meeting – uh, Manchester there like Andy and stuff would come in from time to time and then he started working on their EP which I think was recorded before him but he was in the studio with them and then he became their drummer okay. and uh, we we did shows together and stuff then yeah when when uh, I was in Monday in London for the stint we did some touring with them and yeah we've just been friends and stuff and uh, we're not super close or anything but we see each other we say hi we talk and, right. and that kind of thing and
0: you know one, one thing that that has kind of struck me matthew is that like you've been able to and and i i don't know how much you you personally like want to speak to this but i i've noticed that you have a you've attracted a lot of of very talented people to to help you you know make pacifico a thing and i'm very Intrigued by by the fact that yeah
4: no it's cool like every time I look at your credits it's like oh your first EP yeah with Matt Goldman and I think that has I think there's there's something there
0: about about like the quality of of the music and the quality of what you're trying to do that really Mm -hmm. attracts me and it seems like Pacifico's like a band's band you know what I mean like it's and I think Mm -hmm. that that's what has you know a, a, attracted me to it to a certain extent of like you know there there's something as a musician that that i latch onto with with a lot of your stuff and i don't know i don't i don't know how much like i said i don't know how much you want to speak to that uh but i find it i find it fascinating i find it i find it really cool and i think it it speaks to you as a person and it speaks to you as a songwriter and uh, maybe maybe it's just a compliment maybe you don't have to speak to it <laughs> maybe it's just uh i think you're well, very 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 good at what you do so. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you. Yeah, I mean,
3: that yeah, that was really nice. I yeah, I don't know. I, I it's funny that you say that kind of thing. It, it's stuff that I think that I don't realize or take for granted. Maybe because like I think that my struggle when it comes to music has always been with the business side of it, and I've right. always just wanted yeah, yeah. to pay pay my bills doing music you yeah. know and and so knowing these people and 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 being able to work with them and such has been really awesome and really great but i i think i always hoped that it would be a a, a, a what's the word springboard to right. to the Do next something. yeah yeah to the next thing and it kind of seems like i've always been on a uh, plateau right. you know yeah. like I just keep meeting people and shaking their hands and then they walk by and I just keep going straight, you know, like, and so (laughs) I think that, but at the same time, like, uh, I've learned over the long term that like, you know, obviously it would be great to, you know, have music that, you know, I I would, honestly, my, the biggest thing uh, is for me is that I just would love to tour and I don't, I can't even book shows because no one knows who I am or wants to book me whatever. Like I would love to like do that kind of thing, and I can't seem to get there. But at the same time, the music business is just shit. So it's right. not like Yeah, yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a, a reflection show. on me. It's really it's just show. like no one's going to shows. No, you know. And then there's part of me that goes, "Well, do I even really want to do that? You know, like, right. do I want to be that away from my wife that long? To, yeah. To right. play for twenty five people. Um, I know. I know that anyway. that that
0: yeah, whole it, side it, of it is it, has just shifted so much. Like i don't know i know i know tj and josh can relate to that too Of like when we were in our early 20s we were like playing a bunch of local shows and we were like you know in a bunch of different bands that had varying levels of success and and success at that time specifically looked like you get signed to a label and you tour and now it's just so different it's so it's can you blow up on TikTok and I'm like, I, I don't know I how dis- how the fuck do you do that? What the fuck is TikTok? <laughs> like, I don't I don't get it. I had a discussion <laughs> with
3: an artist the other day that told me he played a virtual art exhibit at, or our show, like art show. And I was like, "Okay, so what does that mean? Like you played at a show and then zoomed it, you know, to people?" Yeah, he was yeah. like, "No, no, no, no. I was in VR in a VR setting and I was playing live and everyone in that the art place was also VR and they were looking at the VR art. And then if they wanted to buy it, the real art would then come to their house whenever they bought it. But I, I was like, "What is this?" That
2: stresses me <laughs> out. Yeah. Everything about that stresses yeah. me like, out. I'm oh, so I was, confused. I was part
4: of
1: that. I saw you there. Yeah. No,
2: not at all. It's what so a weird, weird. <laughs>
1: yeah. thing. It's crazy.
3: Yeah, it's to me that kind of stuff is too far removed. Like I want the more organic the more organic things can be the better like yeah i'm all about living room shows and exactly. like like like, the, the, like i want to be in a place where i can feel you and the music and the emotions and, and all that kind of stuff anyway yeah it's been a long road U- yeah. ultimately i am very happy with like like you said even my first ep was done with matt goldman everything i've released sounds great and i've worked with really talented people and i i don't think I have a release where I look back and I'm embarrassed about, yeah. like, I'm honestly really That's huge thankful for yeah, what yeah. I've, what I've had and, and what I've been able to do. And I've done a lot of, I've got a billion great stories, you know, and, yeah. and I continue to meet really great people. And so like, like you guys. And so I, um, <laughs> no. yeah, I got, I got no complaints. I, I, I really honestly, you know, I I think I believe in fate and I believe things happen for a reason. And what happens is, is things exist. I exist. We exist. Yeah. And um, I created something that connected to you guys and you guys are talking to me and we're here.
0: Hey jammers, interrupting the show here to talk about our favorite sponsor ever collide records.com. For those of you that may not know, or if it's your first time listening to us collide records.com has been the greatest sponsor ever. They have vinyl CDs all of your physical media needs that you might have. A
1: lot of stuff that we actually cover on this show. That's true. And you know what's even better is if you use our promo code. We have a promo purchase, code. You can get what percentage off? Uh, 20% off. 20? 20! 20. 20! 20. 20%! That's wild. Josh, what's that promo code? Hit them with it.
4: Promo code is Church Jams Now, all one word, to get 20% off your first order at Clyde records. Uh, And I would recommend just going and checking out their new releases tab to see what Mm -hmm. they've recently got in stock or Mm -hmm. check out their pre-orders as well. They've always got some new cool stuff coming in as well. In addition to looking up all your old favorites of super hard to find CDs or very awesome precedents of vinyl. I
1: mean, yes, fill out that back
4: catalog,
0: you know, and do it a little, a little on the cheap. It's the way to go. So we'll say that one more time. Colliderecords.com, promo code CHURCHJAMS now for 20% off your first purchase. And let's get back to the show. Thank you. Hell yeah. All right. Well, that seems as good an opportunity as any to dive into Pacifico's 2009 album, Thin Skin and an Open Heart. Here we go with track number one, Prelude.
4: Okay, when this first came in, I was curious if anyone else got this. We did, in all fairness, just cover It's Hard to Find a Friend on this show. But when this song started, the acoustic and you sing On the Way Back Home, and it reminded me of All the Way to Grandma's House, which is the opening of Slow and Steady Wins the Race uh, by Pedro yeah. the Lion. So I was like, oh, man, this has some like cool Pedro vibes to it. Does have I'll cool take
3: Pedro that. I know. I probably stole it from there. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's different enough, but it, I was like, is.
4: "Ooh, yeah." But like, like I said, we just covered a Pedro record, so Pedro's kind of on the you mind. Yes, Pedro's so. on your mind. Yeah yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I love a good prelude. Like it's so it's already okay. This
0: is of, this is this is the one moment on the record I'm gonna give some pushback because you guys know I'm, I'm I'm the vibe guy. I'm the opening track guy. And Matthew, I gotta, I gotta ask you, I need, uh, I need some justification for the prelude from you because I, I, it, 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 it came uh, back to me in a way, which I'll get to in a minute, but I want to hear from you, from you first, what, what is the reasoning behind the prelude, uh, as, as like the opening track?
3: I had this short little ditty that, uh, I felt like, uh, had a sorrowful tone, mm-hmm. which I felt like summarized the feeling of the album and uh it ended in the exact same key that the Good, first right. song starts check, with so it right. literally is almost uh, you know the beginning of the first song it's just right. you know and when i originally wrote it i wanted it to be all acapella but it just didn't work that way so uh, yeah. it sounded better with the acoustic so we went we went with that and i actually wanted it to be my uh i had a have two brothers and a father and I wanted, and they all sing. So I wanted the four of us to oh, cool. do four part harmony and, you know, but then we ended up doing the album in California and one well, sort. but yeah, I don't know. I just felt like it, it's, it was a good kind of, Hey guys, you're going to get to a, a, um, an album that is earnest and, and real and a little bit, maybe, I don't know if it's all sorrowful, but you know, like, you yeah. know, it's, it's real. And, and, um, and I felt like it was a good way to start. Cool. But apparently I'll, I was wrong. I'll you know, allow it. I'll allow it. No, no, no. Okay.
0: So, so because, okay. So, I'm, my, my whole thing, just for me personally, mm. specifically with, with albums, i you know, the, the first track, I feel like, um, you know, it, it does, like you said, uh, kind of get you into the mood, into the vibe of, of the record. I will say, so my very first listen, I didn't like it. But mm. on subsequent listens, uh, I I think it's it's kind of perfect, and especially if if you listen to the entire record, it does a crazy good job of connecting to the end of the record. Like it, oh, it yeah, can I did almost that. yeah it 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 makes it very cyclical, and it makes a repeat listen uh, incredibly enjoyable. <laughs> at, at least so for me,
3: like it, it this album and the next album. I had the first the first sorry the first song's key and the last song's key be keys that work to like are the same key right. so you really could listen to them and i had this whole grandiose idea i was going to do three albums the first album would have a prelude second album have an interlude and last album would have mm. whatever that would be like a postlude, post-lude. whatever post-lude. and i got the first two going and then the the then everest i didn't have anything and it just yeah, felt like the, that right. album needed to end where it ended so and I never really finished the loop per se. Yeah. The, the newest album. There's a there, missing loot out this, there. <laughs> yeah. It does have this ending where I have my family, my wife's family all on uh mixed together, jumbled our voices and stuff. And I really that's love sweet. that. So maybe that's nice. the The, the, the circle
0: that, that dropping out. It, but, yeah. You know, but nice. yeah. So like I said, I, you know, I just, uh, on my first listen, I, I, i i was not the biggest fan but i do think i it fully grew on me it 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 fully grew on me and i think it's a it's an awesome transition into the next song and a transition from the very last song so yeah.
4: uh and we do encounter a lot of like intro tracks that go in a little too long this is mm-hmm. in and out and under a minute yeah like under a minute perfect, is perfect. length for an it's intro track perfect yes.
0: yep and I had all those, yep. all those, all those realizations myself. <laughs> but hey, hold on. Let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll, actually, if you guys could backtrack to me, here we go. Track number two. Backtrack.
2: Back to me.
3: We're talking about Pedro. Yeah, (laughs) this is 100% me stealing Pedro.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Put that in there. Yeah. I want to know what's the mix of like you and then Jason and Jason playing guitar and like instrumentation and stuff like that? Uh, Most
3: of it's, most of the guitar work is is me. Um, There were some parts where maybe even, I don't think it was that song, but there's like one song where, uh so a couple songs where like the we needed the bass and the guitar to be really tight, so Steven played but, which I guess I didn't write in the line notes. Steven played guitar and bass so he could oh, okay. uh get it get it real tight. Jason only played like a couple parts, like real small little things. Um and then he played a couple synth parts and then percussion. But uh and then my buddy CJ, he flew out uh and he just plays the leads on it. So oh, um cool. so far in this song, I think all you're hearing is me. Um, and then, you know, Stephen on bass and Sam on drums. Nice. Okay. The, uh, drums were supposed to come in. I was supposed to do the first verse, like half of the first verse. And then he was supposed Mm -hmm. to come in and I gave, all this was done in California while I was in North Carolina. I had sent, I had made, uh, so I'd gone to Georgia. I had made the pre-production with, uh, Jeremiah and Robert, and then I'd sent that out to, um, Jason in California and then he had already had us some session set up with Sam and so he was trying to u- utilize him in the time while he was there right and so I gave him notes upon notes of like okay what the song to start here and have this vibe and gave him songs to like cue and stuff but it was all done via the internet um and back then it was you know less voice memos and mostly just me you know typing right so he missed that and so he came in late and then when I got there in the studio with him, we just basically he's he's like, oh, I guess I could cut this and put it up there. But I like where it starts now. And we kind of decided we we did kind of like this, the slow build for for that. So I like
0: it. I know I, I, like I think you specifically it, noted it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think I think it was a good call. I will say, guys, this is my favorite my favorite song on the record.
4: Oh, all uh, right. Yeah, okay. starting off starting That's why off you early. really wanted a <laughs> intro track. That's why you like, start I'm strong. i like, well, this, this the is rest so is good. The rest is downhill. <laughs> it's all downhill <laughs> from
0: here. No, 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 no. This song just continually kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, I think with, like, you know, where, you're, where you, you did expect the drums to come in, they don't. But I love, you know, it goes from, like, the palm-muted electric guitar into that full acoustic thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it just it feels like, you know, easy, breezy, kind of, like, laid back. Easy, breezy Pacifico. Pacifico.
2: <laughs>
0: That's a T-shirt right there. Easy yeah easy Pacifico. I
3: will say one of the things... Well, make me a design. Apparently you're a designer now. Um... I will say, I feel like you can hear that this album was recorded in California. Like, I feel Mm. like you can hear, like, sometimes you can hear albums and you can feel where they actually were created and who created it. And I feel like in this case, it, it has some sun and some beach in it.
4: Yes, for
0: sure. I was just
3: talking
4: about
0: that with Kylan the other day. Uh Uh-huh. It's I don't a know what it's else a good say, it's, but, a, yeah, um, it's a song. It also reminded me a little bit of TJ. I'm wondering if you picked up on this on this record. There were there were quite a few times where it reminded me of Matt Pond PA.
1: A little bit, yeah. It's
0: got it's got that kind of like similar kind of laid back vocal performance. You know, but it's mm. like it's mm. not slouching on the vocal performance, but it feels really comfortable. You know what I mean? Comfy is a good word for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It feels really comfortable. Yeah. I was going to say,
1: the the song to me is the first showcase of many that to me kind of convinces, at least convinced me as a listener that the hero on this album is your voice, Matthew. Oh, Mm -hmm. thank you. I think there's some incredible vocal performances across this album. Had a lot of vocal notes too. And even... You know, the prelude, I was going to say when we were on that track, it to me was like coming strong with the Beach Boys vibes. We were talking yep. about California and how the album <laughs> feels very West Coast. And we'll go, I think, full circle with that. But um, but there's so much California on there. And, and just the lush harmony arrangements across this album and the production overall, that that trifecta, the vocals, the arrangement, and the production across this album are just killer. And this song starts us off on a high note with that, including like y'all were talking about the unconventional chorus, the, -hmm. the verse is building, building, building. And you think it's going to hit with this huge chorus. And instead it's like kick snare, hand claps. Mm -hmm. And I love it. Like it blew my mind. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And it's perfect. (laughs) It's exactly what I wanted and didn't know that I wanted. (laughs) Um, But it, but it focuses on those vocals. Right. Which is just so genius. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why we left it the way it was, because it was
3: such a slow build that each step that we built, it was such a dopamine kick. You know, like, For oh, sure. shit. Yeah, that's good.
1: Uh, oh, damn,
3: that's good. You know. And then into kind of the thing.
1: doo-wop kind of uh, groove on the bridge, like the tom groove yeah, and the doo vocals. Like, it's just, it's kind of perfect, like, all the way along. Yeah. Those dopamine hits just, like ante up each time and you're like yeah. okay and then you get to the full big course by the end right and it's like yeah. deserved it's earned um, you might say well, well thank you yeah, <laughs> yeah. you yeah, guys no can problem. stick around as long as you like <laughs> okay perfect. Perfect.
3: perfect i do
4: have a, a question not related to this that i want to ask before i forget it but do you since you have worked with jason Martin, do you have a jason Martin impression because i've heard like solomon talk about like working with Jason. I've heard of other people like do like Jason Martin impressions. I I'm, was like, do you have one or anything that like you, that he says that you like picked up and like you use when you're recording stuff or anything? Oh, he I did? mean, this was a crash. Like, any
3: like catchphrases or something? Uh, catchphrases. No, I don't remember really. I mean, he is soft spoken. He is very funny. He took about a billion smoke breaks. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this was a crash course for me in in production. Like, when I worked with Matt Goldman, I was too naive and stupid and was not paying attention to what he was doing. Um, And then when Jeremiah was doing it, I was paying a little bit more attention, but still was very just like, and at this point, I think I had, like, I'm working with one of my heroes and I'm realizing that, I think, yeah, I think I was just thinking at some point someone's going to do it for me kind of thing. So now I'm doing it for myself. And so I'm like, okay, what can I learn? And so, like, a lot of things that he did, I still do. I mean, for one, he doesn't tune between um, takes. Like, a lot of times you're in the studio and you tune every time you do something. And he's like, no, 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 unless it's way out, like, don't tune it. He's like, you want that human element in there. He puts percussion on everything. He usually does tambourine on verses. Sorry, sorry. Uh, shaker on verses and tambourine and choruses, and I mm. I followed that pretty to a T. Not all the time, but pretty close. I already was doubling my vocals, so he didn't do that or anything. But like, yeah, there's surprising things though. Like all the guitars on this are, are that little pod bean thing. He had right, one of those, yeah. oh. and he loved it. That's and wild. for a guy that's like such a huge guitar tone guy, I was like, <laughs> at first I was like, what? No. And then no, no, I no. was like, "Well, <laughs> he thought it he was cheaping he's out he's on him. <laughs> Every time I've ever heard a guitar tone of this man, it sounds amazing. So, right. okay. Oh, and and in hindsight, I think it sounds great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It
1: does completely. And bass
3: that's was wild. done directly in, and we reamped it. Um, yeah. My only my only negative things were I, I wish that he could have pushed me and tried you know challenged me a little bit because almost every time it was like, "Oh, that's good. Okay, that's good." You know? Yeah. And I I I think I wanted more challenge. Pushed upon me, and the other thing is, is uh, I asked him if we could have some strings, and he said yes. And then we got there, and he, he said, "Oh, I don't know how to do that." So we didn't have strings <laughs> like I wanted. Uh, he ended up pulling okay. out his, his synth, and then uh, we put that on some tracks. So there you go,
0: sweet, nice, like okay. the next one. cool. All right, Ooh. well, let's move on <laughs> to the next track, "Caroline
2: Oh.
1: Okay, the dissonance between the bass line and Thank the guitar. Thank you, TJ. Thank you. It's yeah. crazy. Okay. And it's one of those things that my ear hated until it loved it. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know what that's about, but it worked and I was just like this and, is what is going on there like, well, like so
3: now, what is it now version, I know what's or? going on. Now I know what's going on, but when I was Make, re- making this album i had no idea i was doing a, a g major seventh chord but at the time i didn't know that i just you're just a person with a guitar and you tune things and you go i had a drop right. d and i played this chord and i was like oh that sounds mm-hmm. cool and i wrote this thing i think i was trying to do like a pete yorn kind of vibe right, you know sure and and i brought it to them and then we're doing the bass part and i too when when steven played that that note i was like ah think that's right and they tried a couple (laughs) of things like no no i think that's the one and i'm like that's right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i was like okay okay and uh i too you know grew to grew to like it but yeah i think that uh it it definitely threw me off (laughs) and in hindsight i don't know if i think knowing now what the chords are because you know i was like i guess my theory has gotten better Right, I I may have gone in and because I don't even know, what, I'd have to get my guitar out to figure out what note he is actually playing. But like, I I might have directed it differently, you know? Yeah, it's interesting
1: right. to think about that. How like your maybe quote unquote better theory understanding might mean that you would have written this song completely differently or produced it differently, kind of like guided Steve to play differently or whatever the case may yeah. be. But because you didn't, it almost creates this idea of like a hook that that mm. is the tension like the tension right. is yeah. the hook because yeah. and then that it gets gives relieved. this song character mm. yeah, yeah and then it and then it resolves and it's really nice you know like kind of in our western idea of what sounds good like our ears are like ah there's like a, a relaxation <laughs> yeah. moment um but you wouldn't have that without the tension so it kind of like yeah. improved the song in a sense like for me as a listener well, that's
3: cool yeah i i I definitely am always someone, I mean, especially the way I run my, my band, I'm, I'm someone that's big on collaboration. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as much as this was probably a precious baby to me, it's my first full length, it's the first time I've ever actually created an album. I've got a label putting it out, you know, working with my hero. I was because I was working with my hero and because you had people like Steven and Sam on it, I was so much hands off. I was just like, these guys are professionals and I look up to them and I'm just going to let them do. And, and I think that would be something that I I wish that I had the understanding or the, you know, uh, experience I have now to, to throw in that because I think that, you know, good collaboration does involve some pushback, but but you get you get but, them but there's unfiltered something to in be this, said you know? yeah they yeah right. there,
0: there's something to be said for that because that is i I, I feel like that's maybe why Josh is smirking that's a this is <laughs> a, a hundred percent my my perspective because both Josh and TJ have played in multiple iterations of my band and I am very much hands off in terms of what other people bring to the table. Like, like I have very specific ideas of, like, what sure, a yeah. song is. But as soon as you bring it into a room with other people, I'm always like, you know what? Like, TJ, you're... You know, I, I play drums. But TJ, you're a way better drummer than me. And I like the way you play drums. So whatever you come up with for this is... In a thousand million years, never going to be what I came up with, and I think I sure. think the song's better yeah. for it. The, the and name of I the just...
1: game is Im- implicit trust, right? Like yeah. across yeah. the different players yeah. that are a part of a project.
3: But the the difference in this is that you know these people. I did not know right. them. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, yeah. And B, mm. I like a little bit of uh, of I, I, I always start with that. But the other <laughs> thing is, is that when I collaborate with people now, I want them to come in without m- me tainting their idea. Right. right? I want yeah, you to yeah. come in with fresh ideas without me telling you anything but yeah. then once you've come up with someone then i won't unless it's then like, you can it. kind of you refine know refine it then
0: and like yeah. Then yeah. we can yeah yeah, yeah. And,
3: but i'm never somebody that's like i already i've never gone to the studio and be like i know what the bass part is i mean rarely right. i guess i'll say right. you know like mm-hmm. but I, I again like we talked about what he ended up doing was great i mean yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a he's a seasoned amazing bass player um I, I, he plays most of the stuff high. He rarely ever plays the low E, you know. Like
1: right. Um, and but it's got a vibe and it works. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it creates a specific style, right? That sort of undergirds yeah. the whole album or anything else that he's playing on. It makes it you real know, fun and you're playful. Like, oh, that's Steve. Yeah. 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 And yeah,
4: and memorable too. Because I had the same thing where I was like. Steve, this is a weird choice. I don't think I would have done this, but as you listen to it more, it grows on you. It and grows you're like, on no, you. No, yeah, I do yeah. like it, and yeah, this is one yeah. of my favorites. It's not my favorite, but it's one of them. So one of I do favorites. like it a lot. Okay. But it makes yeah. it instantly memorable because you're kind of fighting with it. You're like, I don't. There's this song. Yeah, there's I don't this. like that, but then there's yeah. something
1: that you're like, but I want to listen to it some more. So yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. and not to reference the Beach Boys again, but the <laughs> the famous Brian Wilson quote that I'm going to butcher, where he's like, if you make a mistake four times in a row, that's that's a song. Right. right, or that's like a riff, or <laughs> oh, I've never heard idea. that, but I I actually love that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And I, you know, it's like all decided that, yeah. that that's what's happening in this song. Yeah,
3: so that's just what it needs. That goes back to like if you're believing that the universe is sending you something, maybe it's not a mistake. Maybe you're if exactly. you didn't go with that, that's the mistake. You know, like right. You got to listen.
1: Yeah, just kind yeah. of surrender to it. Let it let it become the thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Matthew, I I
0: want to get into a little bit some of the lyrical content of this album. I'm so oh, right, yeah. Not a lyric guy. It, yeah. Like like for being a songwriter, I'm No, you're like, the big lyric guy on the show, Kylan. Such I remember. A vibe guy. <laughs> right. But so I wanna hear I wanna hear specifically from you. Like what you know, what was the insp- you know, some of the inspiration for uh the lyrical content of of you know, you can maybe start with this song in particular and if you want to talk about kind of the album as a whole.
3: Yeah. Uh, in the history of Pacifico with lyrics, the only lyrics that I did mostly by myself would have been the first deep two EPs. Then
0: okay.
3: uh, all the stuff that ended up being on Anthology was collaboration with uh, uh, our guitarist Matt Wells. And then when I was in Monday in London, it was always uh, it was the guitarist Sterling and I. And when I did the Face Down EP and then subsequently this album, it was all me and I uh, definitely felt like I grew as a lyricist, but I was also very worried that I wasn't very good at it. Um, I ended up for this album in particular, I used muses a bunch. A lot what's of the in songs It's prelude, are, right? So you like you
1: you kind of give a little true, yeah a little uh, clue to the listener that that's what's happening. So that's yeah. cool to get that context. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most of the
3: songs are, uh, if they're not aut- autobiographical, they are me trying to put myself in my friends' and family's shoes. The backtrack back to you, back to me was literally, we got asked to play a reunion show like for Pacifica with the original members, and I contacted uh, some of them, and one of them told me, I don't want to backtrack. And so that song was about... Backtracking Yeah yeah. Like I was It was you know uh, Made it into a love song But you know It was about Hey you know Like I exist And I don't see it As backtracking If you want to spend time With somebody You know like (laughs) Right yeah yeah You know that kind of thing Caroline O is obviously A uh, The title is a uh, Riff on um, Caroline No By Beach Boys Mm -hmm. And um, I don't even know What the song's about I I, I don't remember (laughs) I think that that one Is just like it's just a love song i I don't know I yeah. was living in it a lot of the stuff too just comes to me, and then i i might have said this a billion times before, but if people haven't heard it, then when I write a song i um i just do train of like train of thought or whatever like i just whatever comes out of my mouth when i'm making a demo and then when it's time to write lyrics i take whatever demos if there's more than one there's just one there's the one but i then transcribe exactly what i'm saying see if there's anything worth keeping and then try to figure out what the tone or what the song's about uh, and go from there and so this song had a uh, you know caroline i was living in carolina Uh, north carolina but i actually i wrote it when i was in georgia so i it was weird because then when i was actually writing the lyrics i had already had those lines and i was living in north carolina so i was like this is strange like (laughs) um so i feel like there's a lot of songs i have that i feel like are a little prophetic like it's it's about stuff that hasn't happened yet and i Hmm. i feel like maybe that was about uh love that i found in in north carolina um oh that's that's cool yeah
0: i love that I'm 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 all about that because uh, I I do that too. Where it's like I'll write a whole song and I'll be almost kind of like blacked out isn't the right word, but I'll just it'll be like this outpouring, mm-hmm. and then yeah, after the fact, I'll be like, oh, yeah. you know what? That's what that's about. Oh, that's wild. Yep. So yeah, I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. Um Well, friends and lovers. Let's move on to track number five. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Or track no. number four. Track number Elliot. Four. <laughs> 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 Maybe know. Know. Oh, that made that real weird, right? Did that make that really weird for everybody? Friends and lovers. Let's move Possibly, on to track yeah. four. Yeah. Yeah. Elliot. <laughs> what
2: did I do? Falling in love again with you. I know it's
0: not. Uh, dude, this acoustic guitar sounds so good.
3: Yeah. I mean,
0: cool.
3: Uh, I love yeah, this The thing tone. is, too, actually the pre-production that we did was either with me and acoustic or with me and a piano and Robert's basement. And some of that ended up in the, cause Jason Martin uh, is just somebody that like, if he thinks something sounds good enough, he's like, let's just use that. Like, why would we re record that? You got yeah, it. Yeah. Sounds great. It sounds great. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I couldn't tell you what songs I know that the piano for when we get there, I'll tell you, but like, yeah, some of the piano was used, but like, yeah, this was... Uh, I think i recorded there. But yeah, he's obviously good at making tones and stuff. Um, I wrote this uh, at a cabin uh, from... I was we When Monday in London, we toured a lot with Sullivan before they got signed and stuff. Mm. And so we were hanging cool out place. with them at a cabin. And I wrote this. And it was uh, me mixing Elliot Smith and, again, Pager the Lion yeah. together in <laughs> mm. a song. Uh, I cool. love... The sense that J- Jason played the sense on this.
1: Mm-hmm. I was gonna bring that up because it has like a Maxwell Silver Hammer kind of thing, like an Abbey mm. Road Beatles yeah. kind of plinky plunky. Yes. It's almost like a like a Victorian era throwback, like of a of a harpsichord or something. Yeah, like it's not that, See that? obviously, yeah. but you know, it has that kind of like twee chamber pop kind of feeling. Just for a yeah. second, and then it launches back into the chorus, and I love it. Like it's a really cool variation on those ideas yeah I, I
3: yeah he did a great job on this yeah i was um, feeling
1: big beatles and beach boys
0: beach I, boys yeah, vibes on this song i had a song. lot of beatles yeah. notes yes like yeah. not not, I lo- not just I love for this song but but what? you know Who's throughout. That? Yeah. <laughs> yeah who? what
1: and it also yeah. reminds me of i don't know if you know this project matthew but um Coconut Records, Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this record. Okay, has yes. Okay, big that Coconut that makes so vibes. that makes
0: so much sense because okay, I, I have always said <laughs> I it's, love how excited you just got. Okay, Kylan. <laughs> okay. Well, I've always said what I love about Coconut Records, and and yes, okay. This well, you're, you're just you're connecting things for me, <laughs> TJ. Thank you. Uh, and what I love about this record too. Uh, is I know it's such an oxymoron, but I've always said Coconut Records sounds like happy Elliot Smith. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's so it's funny. Like, like if Elliot Smith went to the beach, and yep. I <laughs> got that a lot from this record too. And was like, just like a happy if, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he wasn't just like in sad, like rainy Seattle and like went to the beach right. every now and then. Yeah, like, which yeah. is basically <laughs> Jason Schwartz- Schwartzman. Right. But that's why, like. yeah, I... I this totally has that vibe too. It's like if Elliot Smith went to the beach.
3: <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Um, that's it's funny, and it's funny you said that coconut because Re- I don't think I would have ever put that together. But then you said that, and I was
1: like, that does kind of sound like it could be Coconut Records. Sure, yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. I like it's it's the same stuff that I love about Coconut Records that I'm that I'm hearing on this, and it's it's not that it is that it feels derivative, but that it is like hanging out in the same like Ether, you know, that's like a modern take on that classic 60s melodic rock um, with all of the trappings of like modern music or like, you know, the mid-aughts kind of thing. And I love that era of music and that genre, like the indie rock world of the mid-aughts. So it really feels just very kind of unique, but also like sort of an homage to a great genre and a great era of music but still kind of bringing it into the modern world. I, I love that, that that was something that you either did you know, on purpose or even subconsciously because listening back to this record, I was just reminded how much I love that, that mid-aughts kind of revival of the kind of the 60s rock sound. Uh, and I missed it, you know, like I miss yeah. it. So it was cool to get to hang out
3: in that None of it was... Um, I Honestly, this is just a record of me trying to express myself for whatever that Mm. sounded like Uh, Mm -hmm. but it makes sense that it has tones of I I always I loved the original British Invasion from the 60s and I loved Britpop which was what you're talking about you know and then and even even the later Britpop stuff like Travis and stuff like that you know the I I love all that and and then I'm sure that there's you know indie rock and and grunge tones to this as well and singer-songwriter tones you know like I just took everything that I loved and you know that's i think that's what we do i'm I'm just a blender
1: yeah, yeah it's, all <laughs> it's all we are
3: it's all just we are it's just different unique blends and i think that the lyrics for this one and the next one are are kind of uh almost the same story two different i was friends. gonna ask if they're
1: connected because they feel connected
3: yeah the, i had two different friends that fell in love with friends of theirs and mm-hmm. and it was like never gonna happen
1: but that they mm-hmm. were
3: in love with their friends and so that they literally kind of were two sides of the same coin and i think that's why i stuck them together too
0: nice. well like Elliot's let's move on to track number five <laughs> friends and lovers Good. nice way to close Thank it you. I, I recovered
4: right <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. i toothed it i toothed it toothed guys. It. Yeah. <laughs> I toothed it.
0: Okay, so this was my first kind of uh Beatles comparison. This feels like the mm. like a very like Paul McCartney uh kind of country song. Paul tried to put like a country song on like every record, and this feels the most kind of like Americana country inspired, and I love so, it. It's so good.
3: Here's the tea. Um <laughs> I wrote this to be close to um jeff buckley is what i was going for more more blues and more like um again because i wasn't there for the drums i was gonna say the
1: drums (laughs) inspire or influence all of that right yeah he he went with uh, with a johnny cash country kind of way country waltz yeah
3: and then i first i hated it I hated it Cause I'm not, I, I don't hate country, but I, I really only like old country. So, I mean, I guess right. this is at least in that vein, but like, yeah, 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 it was, it was, it was a very hard thing for me to come to terms with. Cause it really was at some point it was like, well, this is what I got. And I'm like, I guess this is what we got, you know, this but you uh, if you ever find any YouTube videos of us playing this, it doesn't sound like this at all. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, my friend Brandy is. Is singing the background vocal in this? You I was gonna,
1: to? yeah, I was gonna ask about Brandy actually. Uh, she, she did all the the backing vocals across the album, right? I mean, not all of them, but like any of the female, yeah, any of the female vocals, yeah. Which I think vocals. are only on two, maybe three, three songs. They're on three songs, yeah. But you really notice it, at least I did. Like yeah. it, like she's her kind of falsetto, the vibrato. Um, she's got that that high kind of soulful sound. Loved yeah. it. It fills such a great space. You
2: know, mm, mm-hmm. and, I, I could not agree this, more. It's
1: it's really supports the the feeling of this song, whether it's more blues or country. Either way, those vocals are or do up yeah. <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, like it does have, bit have a do up
4: kind of feel to it. Yeah, yeah. I was not expecting there to be this much like kind of like oldies influence going into mm. this record, but it yeah. was a pleasant surprise yeah. going into it. Like, oh, okay, and I like it is a blend of like. It's like doo but old country, but like there's some blues kind of stuff in there. And then, and I feel like the lyrics fit in line with like the lyrics could have been a song that came out in the 60s or 70s. Like they feel like written in that mm. kind of style, something that would feel mm. at home. So, and then I I'm love a- the retro solo. Uh, uh, yes. yeah so good. It's, yes.
3: that was something I, I made him do it like four times because like ah, it's not right like go for bb king that's what i'm looking for because yeah, yes. again i was going for a blues track the, yeah yeah yeah
1: it's so sweet and is that a is that a baritone guitar that does that boom 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 turnaround N- thing before no. the it's no a, it's just a just a regal guitar, guitar and, and probably what you're hearing is steven playing up an octave yeah that it. must yeah. be it supporting that because it sounds so low and full you know like Mm -hmm.
0: matthew so okay so based on our conversation so far i think i know the answer to this but i'm Mm. gonna ask it anyway because this is something that i feel is very important to the three of us how much thought went into the sequencing of this album oh a lot yeah okay I, I yeah it, it, it feels like it because I, I feel like sequencing for the three of us uh, as listeners and as creators is like incredibly important and I yeah. and we've listened to I mean what now we're we're over 80 episodes of this show we have yep. listened to a lot of records quite a few of which have suffered from poor sequencing yep. and part of what struck me with this record as a whole was how intentionally it felt the sequencing was um and i i thought this came at a perfect time and so i i yeah i i want to ask you like how do you go about like do you go before you start recording are you thinking about sequencing do you kind of get everything out there and, and get it done and then figure out how they fit together. I'm yeah. just curious about yeah. that process. I mean,
3: cause, uh you could go into it, I mean, especially if you know something's going to run into something or whatever. Like, right. yeah, you'll have to work that out beforehand. But otherwise, I don't know what the final version will sound like. So right. if I decided that this song will go before that song and then they're recorded and then I listen to it and go, oh, that doesn't really flow right. You know, like, but I think sequencing's super important. I'm a, mm-hmm. I am an album person. I want people yeah. to, listen Mm -hmm. to my albums the way i listen to albums which is from the first track to the end track and like you said sometimes back around you know like (laughs) and i also when i wrote this i also was thinking about uh vinyl which we the first release was on cd i was thinking there'll be a break you know not after this song we got two more songs but like when it came like there'll be a break here and then we'll start the next side here Mm -hmm. so like all that stuff was it was in my head as as well so yeah i mean i think that stuff's super important and um that's like the um i did do little things like at the end of that song and at the end of um something's going wrong again i stole an idea i got from poor Lou, uh on their sin album where they i guess i did it on uh straight six too but like little vignettes that are like after a song that have right. nothing to do with that song but but that also kinda lead you into the next song kind of yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. And um I had these two little bits that like uh worked with the songs they were with and and also like we're talking about worked going into the next song.
1: It's so yeah, rad. it's cool to have those interstitial pieces that just feel like they Connect the dots a little bit.
4: Yeah. yeah well, I was curious if they were, like, connected or if it was, like, this is, like, kind of ending this chapter and then the next one kind of ends the next chapter or something like that. But
3: Yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't going that crazy. with it.
2: Okay. <laughs> it was
3: literally, it was just once the songs were finished, I then put, at the time, put it in my iTunes and just kept moving them around. And, I, right. I knew the first... Mm song was going to be was going to be the prelude and i knew it would go into backtrack i mean i I had made that and i knew that the last song would be close your eyes you know so like i did know some Mm. of it and and i think almost on every album to a degree i know some of that kind of stuff but you know you you can try some stuff and go well that doesn't really work into that one what if i moved you know and i want i I feel like it's important. I'm a big, like you said, I'm a big Beatles fan. Like I think it's important to have a variation and I think it's important to, to also have variation in the track listing. Like you yeah. got a couple songs, bring it down a little bit. Now we're going to bring it back
0: up. Now we
2: mm-hmm. might bring it yeah. back
3: down a bit. You know, yeah. you know, like that kind yeah. of thing. It, it, should be, and it, yeah, it
2: should
3: be,
0: yeah, it should be it It, a, a it, it journey. felt like, yeah, yes. it, it it felt like you were a kindred spirit. Like, and, and it's cool that I, like I got that literally from just listening to the record too that like Love oh that. this guy cares about sequencing the way that we care about sequencing like <laughs> it's a narrative you know what I mean and, and, and yeah. it doesn't have to be so specific it can even be just like just vibe wise mm-hmm. but yeah I, I, I think that's incredibly important and I think this is you know a record that greatly benefits from the sequencing yeah, that so, has a great flow. So good job Thank again. You. Here's another thing you don't have to comment on. Awesome. I'm just complimenting you. <laughs> sweet. Uh, all right, but I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. Here we go. Track number six. Stop! Exclamation mark.
4: These guitars sound very Jason Martin. Yes. Is this Jason so. playing? No, or no, is, no, this is me playing. Yeah. Really? Yeah, okay. Maybe it's just he like he really dialed in the classic Starflyer sound. Like yeah, yeah, most when this definitely. came out I was like, that's some Jason sounding guitars right there.
2: Yeah.
3: I was trying to do like a I think it was Jimmy World kind of thing. I, oh, I, I don't yeah. know. I remember that's who what I, I saw, but there was some band that I saw like where they just did chugga chuggas on the guitar that was just for percussion's sake that I mm-hmm. thought was the coolest thing in the world and so this song is pretty much
1: fully made on that on the back of that, you know, like Yeah. I also love, you know, kind of going off of Kylan's whole thing about sequencing, this lifts the energy so much at Mm -hmm. such a pivotal Mm. moment in the album. It could slump here. It does not. Right? right? It really, it comes back in with a fresh, like, tank of gas and just hits you with that kind of indie garage rock feeling um, full in the face. I love it. Do you know, Matthew, do you know the the band Bad Veins? you ever heard no, of them I don't love that band. uh this song reminds me of bad veins they were kind of like weird kind of indie rock in the mid aughts um hmm. i i loved them and they kind of hung out in that space that's like a liminal space between the more like i don't know it almost feels it's not full rock right it's not jimmy Eat world necessarily there's a little mm-hmm. bit of pop to it there's a little bit of I don't know. I'm not trying to, I, I, I'm trying to steer clear from words like slouchy or slacker, but like sure, laid yeah. back, maybe laid back kind of indie rock. Mm. Yeah, more a little indie more, than like an emo Jimmy sound. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But they hung out right in that liminal space between the full like rock rock, like the stadium mm-hmm. rock bands and the kind of like indie scrappy rock. And I feel like this song is a great showcase of, of you doing that as well. Um And that might be why it's potentially my favorite song on the album. Mm. Mm. um there's some other contenders that I'll mention as we get to them um but this is the first one on the album track list that could be my favorite. It just feels like y'all are having a blast playing it, and I yeah. feel yeah. like I could see y'all live just like crushing this song mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's a fun one
3: to play live that solo is my favorite well, probably my favorite solo on the album. Uh, oh, it's so you good. nailed the tone mm-hmm. and really cool and i don't know if you've heard it or not but we put out a remix album and my buddy trevor did a remix of the song and the solo even sounds more epic than that like it's so nice
2: that's cool
3: yeah and the little trivia about this song is uh, i had some friends in north carolina that were basically make making uh i don't know how they got the job or what they were doing exactly how they did it but they made because uh, you know in rock band you could download songs from people and play it so right. they made yeah, this yeah. into a rock band thing oh hell so yeah could oh that's so awesome. rad play this on rock band nice. back in the day and i played it a couple times i was terrible at it but it, i mean there's nothing there's nothing cooler than be like my
1: my is in a
3: fucking game in a like, that's video awesome <laughs> like, yeah that's incredible
1: yeah, that's sweet What a cool feeling um could you tell us about the lyrics on this one yeah What's this, this one was
3: um this was autobiographical i had a uh, an ex-girlfriend that we fought all the time, <laughs> mm. and it was like basically like let's take a night off and like let's 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 sit. We'll come and talk in the morning. We're not so hotheaded, you know that mm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I like I I I love the idea that the song stopped and I said stop, you know like
1: oh yeah, yeah that's great that kind of <laughs> thing. Perfect, awesome ending. And what is it? Your is are the lyrics? You're always saying something. <laughs> yeah, you're always saying something while I'm aw- away and running. Why can't we just stop and work it out? Okay, that was the part I was struggling with. I thought you were saying, while I'm away a running, and I was like, yeah. that's a cool turn of phrase, away a running, <laughs> but and running <laughs> is way yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't quite make it out. So I, I appreciate you clarifying that for me. Sure, but, totally. Yeah, that's, that. it's such a catchy chorus, man. Thank you. 10 yeah. 10 out really of 10. Is. No notes. Yeah. And I like the lead line a lot. Know, it's On after the all the notes. as well. <laughs> yeah.
0: And many notes, but.
1: No notes. Yeah. No critique.
0: Guys, let's get our guns mm. for track. I, right got, number seven. I got
4: my my sunglasses. Oh. Is that Oh, okay. Oh.
0: Okay.
2: Oh. Oh. Wrong, and, wrong and
0: and we <laughs> Oakley fans <laughs> are... no okay, okay. I lost it. I lost it. Here's Jeez. track number seven. Annie Oakley. I'm
2: holding Before something great to scream. And
1: I love the snare sound on this okay, song. Okay, okay. Oh, oh. Mm. But I want to ask, okay,
0: this is this is a question and and Matthew, you mm-hmm. can
1: either answer this
0: plead the fifth or whatever because I know this came out in 2009, which was for me the first time I really started like noticing this. Did y'all add sampled snare on top of the snare sound he reamped the drums
3: and the bass and okay. some of the guitars I think too yeah I mean that's that I think that's his his thing I think that's right what he yeah does. yeah I mean yeah, yeah you listen to all of his albums the drums sound too good you know right so. <laughs> right
1: yeah 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 yeah, that's the drums on that like, sound incredible. Yeah. There's wetness. There's like a it splash so and a crack and attack no. and it's full. It's like how 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 no. do you do
0: that? How do, how do you make that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and well, well. So this was the first song that that it really struck me. I was like, okay, I'm I'm thinking of the timeline. I'm like 2009. I bet I like I'm wondering if they like sampled or, like added like snare samples on top of maybe even multiple on top of that snare sound because it just it hits so hard and well so so the reason I said that was like you know I I think with certain musicians that can be seen as like a a, as a cheat or as a, a you know something weird I don't think so at all personally like I I I think it's an incredible in advancement in recording technology uh, <laughs> to do that. Make the song sound great, right? Yeah. Isn't that the yeah, goal? exactly. And <laughs> no. it really did on this song. I thought it was so rad.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are even were
3: yeah. bands that started doing that live where they'd have triggers on their snare. Right, that yeah, yeah. Right. You, what you're hearing out there is not 100% what their snare is. Right. You know,
1: Completely.
0: Hmm. Um, Matthew, no. I do have to tell you, so I listen... As I said, I think I said it off mic. Uh, I drove all day today from Texas back to Arkansas and listened to this multiple times. And on this song, in particular, my wife, who who wasn't like really paying attention, but she heard this song and said, "This reminds me of the Shins," which from her is the highest mm. compliment I yep. think any musician can ever get. <laughs> I gotta So that she paid vibe.
3: attention to a song? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was like,
0: well, she paid attention to something involving the podcast. <laughs> she, she engaged with the podcast in any way. Uh, but yeah, no. It, I, I do get tell some, I said, some, some Shins vibes. Like specifically like like that acoustic pattern mixed with the drums. I thought it was awesome. The song was yes. so good.
3: I was trying to write a Rufus Wainwright uh, meets oh. Sean Lennon song. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, okay. that okay. That makes a lot of sense. This was one of the ones that I wanted strings in that bridge part where it's got just Ooh. me singing vocals. That yeah. w- I wanted I this whole that. sweeping yeah. that'd be so good, Beatlish, whatever you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, string thing. And uh, he had put out that uh album talking voice versus singing voice that has amazing strings on it, and I didn't know that. Uh, like, Call Franklin's. Franklin's. Yeah, <laughs> uh, obviously so we're a little late at this point, but uh, but that that's what I thought. I thought that that was all him. You know, I'm naive and stuff, and yeah, that wasn't him, and that would have been more money, which we didn't have. But um, sure. But yeah, that's that's where one of the songs I wanted like some strings on, and and I, I think would have really taken that up a little notch there in the middle. Um, but sure. I I do like this song, and I think the last time I played live, I played this. Nice. song.
4: No, I still like the bridge. I yeah, like me It too. opens up really nicely, even without
1: strings. Yeah, we, 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 we made it work for sure. Yeah. Definitely. But I can also picture it with the strings and it's cool even just kind of imagining what that would be like mm-hmm. with, with that extra component. Would you be able to summarize the, the maybe analogy that you're, that you're using or, or playing with or, or is it a little more literal? Mm-hmm. No, this one was
3: very um abstract i um was writing the lyrics for this. I was working for a battery company at the time, and oh whoa, I just remember we used to install like huge like heavy like three hundred pound batteries in like large corporations at the time we were working at a a social security building and i don't know I was just there listening to my demos and trying to work out lyrics and the turn of phrase for the chorus was the first thing uh, all at once. Uh, uh, you left. What was I saying? don't see if I got it right here. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. All at once. Uh, the world stopped and you got off, leaving me here with my thoughts to think. Say what you will, but it can't help me feel like this wasn't shoot to kill. I and then it. at the very end, I just put uh, you know, a bit about, you know, uh, yeah, though it's your, yeah, though your hands on the gun because hands then on the it, gun. Uh, yeah,
1: so yeah. yeah, I love it. Oh, I was gonna say the 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 progression and the kind of southwestern feel that it has as well, the kind of like cowboy, the like underpinnings, uh, kind of remind me the 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 mostly the chord progression, um, but but even the the kind of vibe of it reminds me so much of. A song by Delta Spirit called Saint Francis. It's in a completely different time signature. It feels very different, but the that kind of ah, I'm trying to I'm struggling with a good a good word to describe that chord progression. It's almost like that descending kind of. Uh, it, it feels like somebody that knows their music theory is winking a lot with with mm. like what the movement yeah. is. Yeah. Mm. When they're the, writing yeah, that it down. Yeah, it's duh, duh, just moving through keys and coming
3: back to the original keys is lo- that's all it's doing. Hmm. Yeah. There cool. you go.
1: So there's a Delta Spirit song called Saint Francis that almost matches that progression like note for note. I mean, C- completely different. The vibe is totally different. The time signature but it has that kind of southwestern feel to it as well. But it's faster. Yeah. It's I don't know. It's strange, but it, it that jumped out to me listening. Yeah, to I mean, it. I I like a, a, a waltz
3: and such, and I think that like uh, I'd st- stolen that probably from like Jeremy Enoch or whatever, because like mm-hmm. his solo album, every song was in six eight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the chords. I mean, they're almost like I said. I was Sean Lennon and and Rufus Wainwright, Each of them have a song that almost has. I don't even know if what keys theirs are in, but it's. Almost similar ideas the, the same yeah. thing you know right and totally. i just really loved that that movement and how it felt and stuff um for me the 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 champion of the song is the bridge i really love mm. like mm. in the chords themselves they lift and they yeah. take you out of that space and then bring us back you know and, right. and I, right um yeah
1: but I, that's definitely one of my favorites on on the thing for sure yeah, this is oh, one of the other contenders for my favorite track on the album. Ooh, two I in a row for you. Total. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. This I, this section of the album is like really strong for me. So again, that sequencing, like that flow, is is great when you're in, at track seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's mi- like know, this is a banger.
0: The the middle of records can often you know sag. A dip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so once again, Matthew. Good job, A plus. Ten out of ten, no notes. Absolutely. Here we go, <laughs> track number eight, Babylon. Oh, you play this piano,
4: with... Damien Chazelle?
0: I
1: did movie,
4: play this right? piano.
3: Yeah, nice. I played it. Josh, you this stole is...
0: my joke. You stole <laughs> my I joke, and no one even heard it. I was gonna say. My first I heard it. was like, this is obviously inspired by the t- 2022 Damien Chazelle film, right? <laughs> i'm so mad uh, i'm so mm-hmm. mad anyway dang I'm sorry. fuck I'm sorry. all of that That's matthew funny. let's talk about this song <laughs> uh
2: yeah
3: this is one of the ones where i the piano you're hearing is what i did at robert house for pre-production we he just got cool it, uh, um and i did it all live there and i did not know that it was going to be used for the album and i think that <laughs> is kind of what gives it what it has you know um I, this is me. I'm a, I'm a big Rufus Wainwright fan. This is me just trying to write a Rufus Wainwright song. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I even stole a line from one of his songs where I say, Fall down next to me. He says that in another one of his songs. Um, nice. The lyrics for this was me trying to, I, I, me talking to God just about, like, mm. basically, what does all this mean? You know, what's the, right. you know, am I going to be okay? And what does all this mean, basically? You know, just a very confused little boy. Yeah, it was one of those things too where I wrote it, but didn't again naively didn't even know what key I was in or what I was doing. So then I had to figure out the chords on the guitar and all that kind of stuff. Like and, retroactively,
1: um, like you're like, yeah, oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah.
3: And there's a part in the middle of the song where everything kind of falls apart. Like the piano slowly ends, the guitar slowly ends, the drums slowly yeah. end. Mm. I, I told Jason I wanted it to literally feel like it was falling. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> I was like, just you're do like, this, uh, and the, and so we did it. But
1: like, and then he was like, "Oh, okay, that sounds cool." But he just did not understand what I was like trying to go for. Got lost in translation. Yeah, it's interesting when you are working with somebody like collaborating, and and you think things are humming along, but then there is like a breakdown with a with what feels like a really simple idea. But mm. it, yeah. but what saves it a lot of times, right, is like when you finally show them, you stop talking about yeah. the thing and just do it, and just and do then the it thing. all clicks. yeah yeah, I mean, I uh, that, yeah. Sometimes that's how it works. Yeah, I love how this has that completely strange kind of spacey, dark avant-garde feel. Like it reminded mm. me of like Animal Collective or something, or like like a Radiohead B-side or mm, something yeah. like that. Into that, that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can hear yeah. that. The part where it comes back in, it's just the
3: piano and the um the synth strings that he he put underneath mm-hmm. reminds me there was a, there was a Moby song that he, oh, yeah. he put out that kind of had a same fill and it, like rain was like, every time I think of this song, I think of rain
1: falling. Like yeah. I think that that's literally <laughs> what, like the vibe I was going for, you know? Yeah. right. Well, I could even see raindrops kind of lining up with the arpeggios. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like... Du, 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 Send du, 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 me a video. Du, du, du. There you go. <laughs> there it is. We'll wave up a, gra- a little... Was it retroactive yeah. music video? Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, and I really like how
4: you have the... After this, at the end of the song, the, just like the vocal outro, like everything comes out and it's just like your vocals. Oh, it's really yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lush, I, I, that's three-part yeah. harmony. That harmony was already
3: put together too because it's in a... Again, it's in like a weird key. I can't even remember what chord it, is. it. was like a C minor uh, yeah. nine or some shit like that, you know. And mm-hmm. So like finding the right notes was was not very difficult. I'm not very easy because it's also moving, you know. And right, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, right. yeah. I'm very yeah. happy with how that turned out. That that yeah, the vocal been,
4: harmonies were a a note on my for this song or a highlight for me
3: when i got the finished yeah. album i think that
4: was the one i was most proud of i was like yeah
3: that's what i yeah. wanted
1: you know yeah i wonder what kylan and josh think cuz i also was hearing some Anathelo, like the piano being so forward yeah. in the mix yeah. and yeah. having yeah. these weird yeah. vocal arrangements like yeah i know, well, I know it, that was a felt... tough album for y'all but <laughs> but maybe this can redeem anathelo a little no, bit You're for like sure. oh for Ma- sure. matthew's doing what they were trying to do but well, better yeah, this was <laughs> a lot more listenable
0: for me. Like, sure. Oh damn! It, it it had a pop. It had more of like a like a pop sensibility. To I'm gonna that use you guys idea. to make a
3: playlist for me.
1: Oh yeah! Apparently Wait, we can do that. Reminiscent of Thin Skin and an Open Heart. According <laughs> <No>. to Church <laughs> this, Jams this, now. This, this <laughs> right, well, yeah.
0: TJ. Remember when we very 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 first started the show? One of the things we wanted to do for Patreon was if you like if this, you like then. This,
1: Yep. Mm. Then yeah. and we did like comparison playlists. We got plenty of material for this one, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. No, this <laughs> it's great. This was so good.
0: I I love those harmonies, man.
1: Yeah, they're awesome. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, it was so yeah. good. Still, all, your all, voice to me is the voice. the star, like of of this record.
0: Yeah, dude, you got it. some range, man. Thank you. Like like you really got some range. I definitely <laughs> noticed that. The funny um, thing is that
3: at this time when we recorded this, I had no self-esteem. And so uh, I really honestly, you know, sometimes you go in there and you feel very confident. I'm just working with my hero. I'm super nervous. I'm a different state. I'm, you know, sp- spending mm-hmm. money and, and probably losing money, you know. And like, hey. I really honestly, like, I, I just put, I just had no clue, you know. I I'd, I'd also lost my band and I would lost my second band and I'm doing right. this theoretically all of my own and i i i just i had no backbone and so uh yeah. and and like i mentioned before he was always like that's good that's good you know right. and so there was no uh if i had heard him say maybe something was bad then when he said something was good i might actually have believed him but because he said everything was good i didn't believe that anything was good you know right and, sure. um, yeah and uh that's so yeah that's a hard thing I, to trust to to hear that and i mean and also i'm too close to it even now listening to it i can go i'm proud of it for sure but like it, it i i it's hard when you create something to listen to it and go right. yeah that I, I killed that you know right
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah everybody's their own critic right like sure doesn't yeah. matter how long you've been creating and writing and Producing and playing like you're, you're always going to have kind of little nitpicks yeah. or, or well, question marks at the end. Of I a love take the idea
0: of albums as time stamps. you know, yeah, they sure. they represent a very specific time in your life.
3: It is a it is literal. It's a snapshot of, of yeah. who yep. you and the people that created it and yeah. really the time itself. Exactly. Where, where things were.
0: And I have used yeah. that as justification for the super terrible guitar tone on Dying Town, Josh. Oh, th- for the album we <laughs> it's did. <rough. laughs> it's real rough. <laughs> when I was 19 years old, that one song <laughs> has the worst guitar tone I've ever it's heard in my song, entire life. Terrible tone. And <laughs> I have consistently used that as justification of like, well, you know, that's just where we were at. So <laughs> Here we go guys. Let's move on to track number nine, Salvation Army. In such stain Looking
1: up to the clouds. So this one, Kylan, reminded me of the Unicorns or Islands, Nick Thorburn. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That doubled vocal, the way uh, you sound, Matthew. I don't know if you ever yeah. listened to Islands or the Unicorns, but his more yeah. like intimate vocal moments. This to me was like really reminiscent. And then the guitar tone you've got, like that kind of flowy, wavy, expansive sound. It's very simple, right? There's not a lot going Mm -hmm. on, but it's still kind of expansive. Right.
0: But it's dynamic and it's like it's continually like moving forward.
1: Yep. Yeah. Which is important because this is
4: like a linear song. Like you don't have a chorus. It's just like you have a verse one, verse two, which is important to like, yeah, have that dynamic be pushing.
3: I just, the only thing I wanted was with the drums to come in right when it went that ba-da, 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 you know.
1: Right. I wanted that Oh, it's that so to great, too. When it hits, you're like, yes. Like, we're yeah. finally getting there, moving along. Yeah. I love the
3: the bass work that Steven did on this. It's great because he's got that bump, 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 bump in the verses that yes mm-hmm. I just really didn't. I, that was all him, and I was like, oh, shit, okay, cool,
1: yeah, which right. it needed that. It yeah, needed yeah. something to kind of make it more dancey. Yeah, I love no. when, when a player like comes to a song or a project and intuits something that you couldn't have heard or known yeah. about but as soon as they do it you're like yes this is objectively the correct choice for the part for this song. Yeah, it's so rewarding.
3: And at the time the solo it just literally just mimics my vocal and I hated yeah. it. But then mm. uh, and and now I listen to it I kind of it's got like an 80s kind of feel to it which is yeah, like Jason's
1: yeah. thing, yeah, you know. Yeah, like,
0: right. I I personally love when guitar lines mimic vocal lines. I
4: think yeah, that's, mm. you got to reinforce it's that red. melody.
0: Yeah, exactly,
4: exactly. Yeah, Matthew, have we hit your favorite song on the record? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to probably so like pick it a favorite for kid. you. Yep.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that honestly, it it might have been the last song. I, it really was for me like a a big thing. I, I like I said, the first songs I ever wrote were classical pieces. Piano was my first instrument but mm. uh, recordings that include me playing piano are few and far between. And so it written something that was challenging on its own. Plus, right. I felt like uh worked in the space of this album. I think that I was very, very happy with that.
1: Yeah, totally. That makes a lot very of sense. Nice.
3: I like how this one goes over the hill at the end. You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. taking the taking the parade yeah, over the hill we and we're going to the
0: next Yeah, yeah. It's, it's So good. <laughs> I do have to thank you. For only having one song that's over four minutes long. I oh. <laughs> love short songs. Oh, and, and I think there was a real sort of pop sensibility about this whole record that I really resonated with. Of like, I don't know, I, I personally just really love when someone can say what they need to say in a succinct way because we we often like i mean we've we've covered the you know dc talk and newsboys and 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 there are some of these bands that'll do like 15 song albums where there's like four different songs that are five minutes long (laughs) and and it, it once again just kind of spoke to the like, like the sequencing and it all felt very intentional. And so I really appreciated that. <laughs> Thank you.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, uh, if you were to ask me, what kind of music do you listen to two and a half to three and a half minute pop songs? That's my right. favorite jam. Right. I want yeah, something to go. move m- me internally or physically, you yeah. know, like
2: hell
0: yeah.
3: If I you do that. those things, I, I I'm on board. Yeah, you I don't know care and, what your and, voice and, and, sounds like. I don't care.
0: Production. Right. I don't, I don't, exactly. You know, my, right? And, you know, within the context of this show, that seems like a tenant that is often easily forgotten. Uh, nice. I know that was a stretch, but here we are. Track number 10. We are the easily <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> we are
2: the easily forgotten. The easily forgotten.
0: I love that this song just starts. Just yeah, starts. No intro. You just straight ahead. You just start it. It's no perfect. nonsense. At at specifically a time just in a record. Sixties rock and rolls back. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, and specifically like at this time in a record, I'm I'm as a listener usually losing a little bit of steam. So when you have a song that's just like, all right, here we go. We're getting right into it. I
1: love it. It's so good. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of that thing you do, which is the second time I've brought that movie up in like Into three it. episodes. Yeah. It's a good I one. I mean, this it's is like movie. the 15th time overall that you've brought it up on the show. <laughs> That's probably true. I love that movie. Yeah, I mean, I was, was trying so
0: to,
3: I was trying to write a Roy Orbison song. So oh, mm. There you go. That's there Yeah. Go.
1: Yeah. Uh, you you kind of did. <laughs> you you toothed it. <laughs> yeah, <he laughs> toothed forget it. It about <laughs> that. <laughs> What's funny is that I, I
3: don't remember what album had come out, but Copeland uh, ended up, you know, having some success, and they had an album come out, and I was listening to it, and I mean, I got a little jealous. I was like, you know, f those guys for like doing what I wanted to do, and I didn't get to do it, kind of thing. So I stopped. Mm-hmm. The, I stopped the CD or whatever it was. I had to be a CD at the time. I stopped the CD and then I, I just started singing this melody to myself because I felt like I was easily forgotten, you know? And, mm, wow. and so then I, and this is before phones had recorders or whatever, so I had to like remember it because I was like, oh, that's actually pretty good. And then I went home and figured out the chords and then wrote everything around it. And um, Ugh,
1: I love the commitment to that. The fact that you had yeah. to keep the melody alive in your head to get to a yeah. recording device to hang on to it. That's so precious. Well, you know, I mean, it like,
3: wasn't even recorded at that point. I was just going to the guitar to work it out. But oh, yeah. my, my, when I re- write stuff, my whole thing is if it's not if it doesn't get stuck in my head, then this, it's useless. Right. right. I, I, right. Yeah. yeah. For me, even bad songs that get stuck in your head are good songs. You know, like, that's <laughs> yeah. well written because... If I can make you listen to my song without you listening to my song, I have won the battle. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. If I'll you weren't that. going, what is that? Like I, I have you did it. <laughs> I brainwashed you. <laughs> you know, like right. I, I have written yeah. the perfect pop song. Like what else could yeah. you do?
0: Yeah, exactly. whether you
4: like it or not.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. So that's
4: how which I. Is, that's how which is which is
0: what you did on on this road trip with my wife, who was dealing with a screaming baby in the back, and she was like, <laughs> "Oh, I like <laughs> this song." So, once again, highest compliment. Your baby, for said Mrs. That? Savage. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. She's, she's very articulate. And, and <laughs> Willow's. She she like stopped a... Mickey Mouse Clubhouse to listen to this song. Took out the pacifiers. I love <laughs> yeah. this song. She's you know, all it? of our biggest I critic. think I'll calm down yeah. now.
4: Yeah. Uh, this song, <laughs> the 60s surf beat, is really getting to me. Yeah. My favorite
3: part of the song is the ending because it was like. Uh, I had no idea how we were going to do this or what we were going to do. And it all just came because we had drums that were already recorded that kept going. And then it just kind of fell into having this outro thing that I love, but it was not planned that way.
1: I love that it happens because the breakdown around 210, when you go just to like the kick snare acapella chorus, Mm -hmm. you expect it to come back up full, but it kind of never does. And yeah. then it it does do that gentle right. fade with yeah that but kind of surf I, I beat, love that it does like
0: it. like the full fade out that you expect, and then it comes back mm-hmm. in with with just like the vocal the acapella vocals. lines.
2: Yeah. yeah Ooh. Ooh. okay yeah. alright well it's and, a
4: fun way to end the song after you mentioned Kylan like everyone just coming in boom here's a chorus we're all right. in to kind of like end the song like here we're kind of all a coming out gradual. at different times here yeah
1: and it reinforces the theme because it's sort of the visual I had was like the band is going home and the singers are left alone in a in a big mm-hmm. room somebody turned the lights out on them but they're still they were there forgotten. singing <laughs> they were forgotten yeah. exactly yeah nice
0: Love it. um um hold on guys there's uh okay hold on i think there's oh is everything is something some something's wrong wait wait hold on something going is something i think something's going wrong again here we go track number 11 something's going wrong again how sweet is this intro Oh, <laughs> I With
4: will a say, bass? a sweet sweet bass that from Steve, Steve Dale. Sweet, sweet bass. Steve, Steve Dale. <laughs> <laughs> this song was sweet included. Sweet sweet bass from Steve, Steve Dale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we did our self-plug, when we did our uh, Steve Dale interview last year, I made a, I made a uh, playlist of all the records that I could find on streaming that he has played on and picked the sweetest bass from each of those records mm-hmm. as like a little uh, like chronologically through his career and this was the song i pulled from this record nice Nice. yeah i know he nailed this
3: song for sure yeah Yeah. this was me going uh my my, this was me realizing that my chemical romance was good
1: i was gonna say (laughs) like this sounds like chemical romance or panic or something but it also has this like here's another band i'm gonna name that y'all probably don't know and i'm sorry i'm so sorry i'm just been so this sorry whole episode that i've me. done like, this do so i listen times. to music <laughs> yeah. foxy shazam anybody oh, i know oh, that I've one heard of, i've heard of them oh
2: tj Okay, oh, kyle's <laughs> so gotta
1: come back
0: best oh my god i'm so sorry yes i'm so glad we're best friends Hell yeah, <laughs> Boxy Shazam is the shit, and yes, this is totally the vibe. It's like straight up, like old school, like rock.
1: swagger rock and roll, man. Mm. Yeah, in the best way. Yeah, the stuff now.
3: the stuff we were doing uh, during the anthology days of Pacifico was very like glam rock, rock and roll kind of thing. Right, and then the stuff I was doing with Monday in London was closer to like the the. Uh, what was the band I just mentioned? Jeez, my mind was... Uh, yeah, but it's more emo, screamo. You know, yeah, like rock. And yeah, roll I, I, I
0: can hear the My Chemical yeah. Romance, but I think Foxy Shazam. Oh, dude, so good.
1: Yeah, because it almost, it like it has that kind of. I feel, I see, I feel like I see you doing tricks with the microphone stand yes. during, all throughout <laughs> this song. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would love to, but yeah, I was playing guitar at yeah. this time, uh, um, right? <laughs>
3: Yeah, this bridge is weird because, like, we were. Uh, I think that I don't know what I was envisioning, but it kind of ended up more metal, but it's kind of cool, too. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. what ended up doing. And then the, yeah, the lyrics for this one was inspired by a friend of mine that was, to, like, she just kept having stuff happen wrong to her, like, over mm-hmm. and over again. We were, like, best friends at the time and talking all the time. And it's like, oh, this happened and this happened. And we, at the time, we were both, uh, Uh, Christians and believers and like we're just like this is my song to God like be like what's the point like you know like (laughs) do you have a point to what's going on like why is everything falling apart because I certainly Mm -hmm. felt that way too in my life at some points as well so I just kind of took her feelings of what I've heard her say and channeled it into this
1: nice Mm -hmm. yeah kind of like what's with all the trials and tribulations do they end up like yeah is there a point to this at all do we, do we get some flowers blooming
3: after all the shit? <laughs> yeah. And I think I answered it in my newest album when I say, uh, okay, none of this matters anyway. You know, so right. it's <laughs> like full circle. Great.
1: Hmm. I love that. Nice. Cyclical response.
4: This is my favorite vocal performance on the record. Because I oh, do yeah. like, and it's kind of like what you're channeling. I guess like you were saying with the Mike M of like, I like how, especially because like the vocal performance you're giving in the verses, I think is a little different than what we've heard on the record and it feels like more desperate and maybe like a more playful, kind of like almost not a talking voice, but not as like, I don't know. It seems like you're a little loose with it, but then you do got some falsetto in the chorus. So yeah, I really liked your vocal performance on this one. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was me pushing a little more. Maybe it was my aggravation at the time in the studio. I don't know.
1: (laughs) For sure. But sometimes that stuff can fuel great performances, right like sure, yeah, clearly there was some emotion kind of dripping throughout that take yeah you know? it,
3: I mean I definitely we talk about this on our podcast, but I definitely have dealt with a lot of uh religious trauma and mm-hmm. um and I don't think I did not know that at that time and but it was still in me, you know? So it was mm. me trying to, uh, scream, you know, through, right. through the madness, yeah, I think yeah. a little bit. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The little tag at the end, I love that too. It's, uh, m- yeah, is that a my classical C- guitar? No, it's just my, it's just my acoustic. Um, I had an acoustic made for me. I, it's a mix between like a, a Martin and a, um, Gibson jumbo. And, um, I love it. And I brought it out there and played it and, my buddy cj did the little lead part and that nice. was his first take on that and it's kind of it reminds me a lot of like uh
1: stunt pilots a little bit yeah mm. for sure definitely yeah it's a cool little interlude well
0: gentlemen let's continue to shine on <laughs> track number 12 shine on <gasps>
3: This was a Starfly ripoff. I wrote this song. (laughs) uh, Yes. Yeah. I don't, uh, Mike the Mike is the song that he he had on my island, I think is what the album's called. And uh, yeah, I heard that song and I was like, I want to write a song like that. And so then I did, and it just turned out that the album that, or at the time, you know, I ended up recording with him and I, I never told him that. That, that, would, but I, he's not an idiot. Do you think
2: that's he right? noticed? <laughs> he's kind of like, yeah. he's like, hmm, this I, sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
4: well, that may be why this is my favorite song. Oh, there you hey. go. Oh, that's that's probably part of it. This is it's, the third of my three potential hey, favorites. Nice, TJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I said. The most Jason guitars on this record, which is one of the reasons why it's my favorite. But I love that it's super catchy and fun. Yeah, uh, I really so like the riffy. bridge, and then how you repeat the bridge under the chorus at the end of the song. Yeah. That one's re- that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that layering. That was really yes, fun. yeah. I'm always about a fan of double vocals and just repeating stuff and on top of other vocals. Uh, it's got a great guitar solo, and I love having like saving a nice energetic song for like help close out the record. In the you don't record. just like yeah, put exactly. them all, you don't front yep. load it with all your interject songs. You're like, no, we're going to save this for second yeah. to last. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. yeah.
3: I mean, well, th- we've heard the, you know, there's only one song left. Like if I had put all the interject songs at the end, we'd all be asleep by now. Like you gotta, right.
2: uh, uh, like, we gotta out.
3: space them out. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. and you gotta space this, the sad slow ones out too, because it, it, it just says, it has no weight. Otherwise, either none right. of them, neither do. I mean, yeah. right. You, if you have an album that has all the fast stuff after the second fast song, you're like, Oh, okay, I'm done. And the same way if it was all slow, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, you, yeah, you would be surprised how few people have learned that lesson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again,
3: I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I'm a big fan of, of albums and my favorite albums are an album that I can put on and leave on and enjoy from beginning to end. And right. that's what I wanted to create, you know, even if it was yeah. just for me. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, it wasn't It shows and we love it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So TJ, you're between this and, and stop, stop and Annie Oakley.
4: Yeah. Nice. Okay.
0: That's
4: nice. You're almost a side yeah. B guy on this, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of oh, on this record. Yeah.
0: Side B boy. Yeah. yeah. We love our side B boys. That's cool, yeah. <laughs> side B boy. You, got, you guys should get shirts made that say side B boys. <laughs> side B boys, yeah. And then great. another,
2: I got
3: this one. And then your next one will say uh, Tooth It. Tooth It. Tooth. Oh, tooth. yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, I'm for sure going to make a Tooth It graphic tooth it. for the show. Um, all right, guys. Comes down to this, you know. Um,
4: when, we after just, you shine we just, too brightly, what do you need to do, Kyle Well,
1: you know, I think we should all <laughs> yeah. just close our eyes. It shine's a little too bright. Can we, we get eyes. a little meditative for a minute? Yeah.
3: Enjoy. Well, let me tell a story down.
1: before we start this, actually. Please, so, tell us. So,
3: I, I flew to California, and I stayed with my friend Brandy, who sang back on this, and I rented a car from a place called Rent-A-Wreck. And then every day, <laughs> I would drive from name? Studio City, where she lives, down to Irvine, where they live, to record. It was recorded in a, uh, like, like, literally like a public storage um, container oh, that wow. they had taken and made into a studio slash rehearsal space. Um, and so I drove down there every day, and then we would go in there and, and record. And when I first showed up, I was like, what is this horseshit?"
2: <laughs> you know, like, what did I
3: get myself into? Right. But then again... <laughs> Trust the process, trust the man. You know, yeah, I've yeah. heard a billion albums by this person. He knows what he's doing. It's going to sound great. And it did. Um, the Renter Wreck uh, actually was lived up to its name. And about halfway through the week, it it broke. And I uh, oh, called no. them and no one answered. So I took it to go. I think it was just <laughs> a flat tire. But I went right. to go get a flat tire fixed or whatever. And then gave the guy the receipt when I dropped it off. And he was like, super mad that i didn't you know I was like well i called you you don't answer it's like what do you want me to <laughs> <Right>. do <laughs> but it, it was it was most literally a wreck oh, um i love it but yeah it was a wonderful time and while i was there to make extra money on like, there was a couple days where um jason couldn't work so we had like days off mm-hmm. my friend brandy did uh she did um uh, casting for film and TV, and so there was a WB show that I played a uh, high school student in. Holy shit! I- wait,
0: <laughs> wait, hold on, hold on. You're gonna wait till the you, last track? Yeah,
3: you buried the lead, brother. Okay, okay. <laughs> what was the show? show? Yeah, yeah.
0: You gotta <laughs> talk about this show.
3: I don't know the name of the show, but it was something like Pretty Little Liars or something like that. Like, it was it was some WB sure. show, oh, and so I'm weird. at I'm at some <laughs> high school, but we were just at, like, the Paramount lot, like, right, just in the right. courtyard, like, walking back and forth. And I'm in a couple scenes, like, I, I, at the time, I videotaped it on my shitty phone, but I don't know where that video is anymore. Oh, but, man. like, yeah, I just walk in front of the camera and go that All way. Right, I'm we, a, it's I'm a, it's high a small
4: window student. of what was airing in... 2009, 2010, WB, we can figure it we'll out. We'll track oh, it down. Guys, yeah. you you
0: <laughs> have to fully understand that this is going to be what I do
1: for the rest of the year, right? <laughs> if you find <Like>, like it, <laughs> I would
3: I would love this. All right, uh, I'm going to um, find it. I'm going to find it. Okay. Okay. Alan's going to
1: sleuth it out, man. <laughs> the, the funny thing
3: is I was playing a high school student I was 30 at the time.
2: <laughs>
3: I, or that's maybe Hollywood, I was 29, baby. but like, right. yeah, 29 to 30, yeah, like. Definitely so age school, you down yeah. and glow you up. Yeah, that's <laughs> in between right. recording a record,
0: <laughs> that's so good.
3: Oh man, I love but yeah, that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. After that trip, I had to close my eyes and dream.
0: Oh, mm. for sure. Let's all nice. close our eyes and dream as we move <laughs> on to track it. number thirteen. Close your eyes, and dream. your eyes and count your. DJ, you don't actually have to. Uh, because you have a No, I am. Hair. I think he's falling asleep right now. <laughs> he is. I,
4: there's he's trying been to like be fully s- immersed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there's been several songs that I've written that have uh, the same kind of thing where on this song, I hold down a C, and that C never ceases to be held down from the beginning of the song to the end of the song.
2: Oh, and there's a couple songs I've says- done
3: that, that have had like notes like that that are constant the entire song. This is also, this organ was done during pre-production. We did not redo this.
1: Is this a real organ? Or a synth organ? Uh,
3: no, it's just some kind of, I was a Yamaha something or other. Oh, okay.
0: To, you, know. you know what it reminds like, me again, of? It, it reminds me of Unfor- Unforgettable Fire by U2.
2: Oh. Like, it's kind of got that vibe. <laughs> That's like, the pads NLK. vibe. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. So some like anthetic uh, amazing,
1: you know, super popular musician. I got it. Cool. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's a classic Brian You know, not, yeah, not I quite like, as massive, but I was here in postal service. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that's in there too. Yeah, that's I could in totally there too. That. So yeah. the, I
4: well and I do like having the drum machine as like a nice, like a new element on the last track that you yes. kind of like introduce. Yeah. Yeah.
3: This is the the drum programming that three of us did.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> represents three people. Yeah, so, You were programming the hi-hats, so, Jason was a snare, <laughs> CJ yeah, was Yeah, I a just kid. imagine y'all <laughs> yeah. all standing over... everybody like a, a drum, drum ...a finger on one <laughs> pad. No, the way that it worked was
3: that um, uh, I wanted to do drum machine, and he's like, I don't know how to do that. And then my buddy CJ was like, we had Pro Tools, over he's like, oh, I don't know how to do that. And so, oh, sorry, my cat just hit on the uh, fire oh. alarm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Weird. Oh. Um, anyway, so... Uh, Jason Martin was like, I don't know how to do that. So then he was like, I'm going to take a lunch break. You guys figure it out. So then CG and I made a, a a track, and then Jason came back. It's like I'm not using that. And so then he cut <laughs> it up and then made it what it was. And he's like, This uh, works better. Wow. Did he just okay. kind of pull it back, like make it more sparse? No, he literally cut it and changed it because oh, what we made was like I, I was I couldn't tell you what I made at the time now, but like I was. Whatever I made, he was like, that's weird. It doesn't work. I think what I made was like in a different time signature. But so it like kind of was looping, but was looping. Didn't and line the up. The snare would mm-hmm. change beats each time kind of thing. Right. It's on and two, for some reason, three, I thought it then was then like Real cool. once in a lifetime. And I thought it that worked. And can work. He's like, I, I don't like that. And so he <laughs> cut it up and then made it what it was. And hmm. uh, yeah. It worked. But yeah, that's that's the three of our tr- truck nice. <laughs> programming
2: together.
4: It's <laughs> <I love> a <laughs> like group effort. Very cool.
3: And the drums coming in at the end like that, that was me oh. just stealing that completely from luxury. I was just like, love Damn. the idea of like, you think um, that the song's over, that like, this is all it is, and then we just ramp it up. Yep, and, you, you, had know, me, mm-hmm.
4: you had me, you uh, had me, you had me convinced. I was like, okay, cool, quiet, soft, outro. I know, I've seen this before, and then right. they came in. I was and like, boom, all right, boom, all right, boom. cool, Big. surprise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And then there's a guitar that has just the slightest amount of chorus on it, <laughs> it was what it sounds like, and it's so tasteful. That might be,
3: actually, that might be Jason playing guitar on that song. Mm, okay. The little ping-pings. Yeah. Ping yeah, that one's really nice. Yeah. yeah. This was literally a song that was written as a lullaby for a girl I was dating that had a child. Oh, um, no. And my, my sister had had a child around the same age, um, and that was my only uh, nibbling at the time. And so... I wrote that for my niece and for wow. the girl I was I dating, her daughter.
1: I love that. That's really yeah. sweet. I love the lyrics. The rest of your head and rest of your heart. Letting go is the hardest part. That's so mm. good. Yeah. What a great way to end an album to to leave a listener with like letting go is hard, but it's worth it. You know. Mm. I mean, I probably was just talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, <Right. laughs> you're real. Just, to, to go back to what well, we it, talked it, about at a the great beginning statement to leave with like we yeah. like artists you know creative people like a lot of times we're we're sort of just looking into the ether or the echo chamber and trying to figure out what do we need to hear what do we need to be told or what do we what, mm. what, what how can we can find comfort um and a lot of times we have to create it for ourselves and then mm. hopefully it resonates when we put it out into the world um so that makes a lot of sense if that was kind of something you were trying to kind of reinforce for yourself but it also I think totally lands for a listener. Like it is really calming and really comforting. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful. It's a great outro. Yeah. Thank you. And it, it, yeah, it it. it
0: circles so well back into the prelude.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I I would love for people to put it on repeat. Yeah, they should.
0: They should. That is the way to listen to this record.
1: Okay. Flip it back over. That's right.
0: It comes down to this, gentlemen. Uh, we listen to Thin Skin and an Open Heart. And we have been talking with the guy that made the record. And I know it it really, truly is. So we have to ask now. We're going to final flopper bop verdicts. I know it feels really reductive at this point. Um, <laughs> but here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask Matthew, of course. Uh, I think I know where you land on whether this album is a flop or a bop. But (laughs) essentially what I'm really asking is, what do you love about this record? Mm. And then I'm going to give it over to TJ and then Josh and then myself to close it out. Sounds good. So... Uh, Matthew, um, is crap. this record a flop or a bop, and why?
3: Uh, it's, a, it's a blop. It's a blop. Uh, no. oh. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> a CJ in a first. Before. That is yeah. a CJ in first. Oh, man. I <laughs> no, can't wait it, to
1: hear everything about that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I honestly, like, you know, I uh, this album came 10 years into my career as a musician. It took right. me 10 years to create my first full length because I was waiting for funding for someone to believe in me I, I, maybe for myself to believe in myself you know like mm, whatever yeah. it was but it it ended up happening and it wasn't perfect but in listening back to it i i'm proud of it i i really am like mm. if anything i feel like it encapsulates who i was and i think that it it shows uh an earnest honest real A person that is trying to share their emotions. I think the title of it it completely, perfectly sums up it. It is. I am a person with a thin skin and an open heart, and I think Mm. these songs really show that. And and so, yeah, I'm proud of it. I I really am. Um, and I'm glad it exists, and I'm glad that it has reached people and that people like it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's definitely a, a gift to have you share it with us and for us to get to kind of dig into it and, and hear about it from you. Um, so, you know. Uh, for before me. Before talking. I give my assessment uh, on the album, I just want to say this conversation has been a massive bop, not a blop, a bop. Um, <laughs> Important distinction. Although I like this term, blop, because it's... I know. <laughs> we're going to have to start using it. I know. It gives know. some nuance to our system that I've been pining for. So... Yeah. I, I needed that, Matthew. Thank you. You're um, welcome. <laughs> but no, yeah, this, this album was, was such a blast to, um, go through. And I definitely, I think, um, Kylan and Josh would reinforce this, that, uh, I'm definitely somebody that would identify very much with the mm. thin skin, open heart concept. Um, and The fact that you could package that idea that might be off-putting for some people into a really accessible, fun, but real and vulnerable album like this, I think, is a credit to your artistry and your creativity. And, um, you know, I I love that you did get to, like, find and harness the the power of, of a musical team that you believed in and were really stoked to partner with. Um, and all yeah. of that shows, you know, across mm-hmm. the album. And again, I'm gonna say the hero of this album though is your is your your writing. I, I didn't hammer that home as much, but but also your voice, um and it had so much range and so much versatility um across the album. That all really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Uh and this album is, is just full on a bop. Um
0: This felt like a super TJ album as I was listening to
1: it. One hundred, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, all the comparisons. It's what's funny is that a lot of times, Kylan and Josh tend to be more like reference based and like comparison based, or or y'all will just pull out all kinds of bands that I'm like, oh, I didn't hear that, but that's awesome, right? But like weirdly on this episode. Apparently, I was the one that was just hearing things left you and are. right, yeah. And it's all this obscure stuff, but like I, it's mm. all stuff that I love, and I haven't listened mm. to a lot of recently. And it, this just kind of sparked within me, uh, or reignited within me, the love for that era of music and that style of music that, mm-hmm. and the different iterations of it. Like you said, Matthew, like the original Beatles kind of era, and then the Britpop, mm-hmm. and then the kind of like arts revival of that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna be. Digging through all of that stuff and this album, uh, many, many more times. So it's a bop, sweet. Matthew, thank you. Uh, I look forward to my uh, playlist.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. oh yeah. We're gonna whoa, get cooking whoa. on that thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sweet. Okay,
0: Josh. What about you, man?
4: All right. Well, I mean, we're going in already with pretty strong, like accolades for who's. Who Matthew's working on this record with? I mean, like I'm already like Jason Martin, Stephen Dale. Right. Like well, all I right, mean, he, it doesn't take okay, much. To...
0: <laughs> the way that I've been trying to turn this into a movie podcast, I feel like you've also <laughs> been trying to turn this into a Star podcast. Yeah, I In certainly fact, you know am. what? Do you remember I made you a graphic for if you ever start oh, a yeah, Starflyer 59 podcast, <laughs> like a little offshoot of this or something like yeah. that? Yeah, so, this could walk. be. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, Matthew. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. That'd be great. Yeah, I always am trying to talk about it, and I'm always trying to talk about, uh, I'm always trying to shoehorn in talking about Bruce Springsteen as well, <laughs> and uh, one of the things, the thing that made Bruce Springsteen's 1980 double album, The River, uh, finally work for me. Like, I liked it enough, but then, like, I was listening to it, and then I caught on all the '60s and '50s throwback stuff that all the elements that are in there on that, and I was like, oh, and that was able to like really like that made that record really hit for me, and I really enjoyed it. Um, that was it was very easy of listening to your record, and like I said, I did not expect like oh, 2009, kind of like you're in like this scene. I did not expect like all the oldies influence, and it was like surprising in a very nice way. I will say I'm definitely more on some of like the Anathalo and like some of that stuff in the middle that TJ that you were really focusing on. I'm like, I'm like, I like the rock stuff on the beginning and the end of the record. (laughs) I'm a, I'm a bookends on this record, but I really liked it. Um, and that is more than enough for me to bop it, uh, starting strong and ending strong and having some, some interesting, cool little stuff in, in the middle that kind of like, Oh, okay. I wouldn't have thought I would have liked this, but this is, this is cool. Babylon and, like that keeps part in there, of how it's going. Like there's a lot of really cool stuff on there. So
0: bop for me, you're bopping no as bl- well. Okay. No blops
4: here. Bop
1: all, right.
0: all right. So it comes down to me guys.
1: Here we go. Ooh.
0: Where am I going to land? No one the knows. The pressure is
1: on. I don't know. You came off of a seven hour drive. I know. So it I could know. Be any- but
0: here we go. <laughs> the highest compliment. I feel like I can give a record. Is it, is that it is a good road trip record. Mm, this is true. a great
3: What but was there a skateable what, what, was it? The
0: roller skate? Oh, was oh a roller yeah. skate? Yes, yes, <laughs> oh, it is yeah. oh yeah. Wood skate. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Ten out of ten. Wood skate. Backtrack to me. Stop. You know what? I'd fucking slow skate to Babylon, man. i I I don't give a fuck, man. I could be a the guy skate. out there. <laughs> yeah. It's a mood I skate. I love you're that.
1: All up in your fields and you're just skating them yeah. out skate oh, out the fields. for sure, for sure. That's
3: one that's <laughs> the one you skate backwards. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. yeah, yeah, and you get the big movements um, back and forth. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I I was not super familiar with this record uh until we decided to do it for the show. And Matthew, I'm I'm so grateful that A you made this record and B you brought it to our attention. Um mm. Because one of my favorite things on this show is being surprised. You know, like so much of our show is like, you know, between the the 2000s very specific kind of like tooth and nail sound mm. and the very like 90s CCM sound, you know, I I... Tend to have certain expectations for the records that we cover, uh, and I was consistently surprised uh, by this record by not only the the hard on sleeve lyricism, but the production. I I thought it was awesome. So yeah. ten out of ten Woodgate Also, a bot for me. We have a quadruple bop Ooh. from everybody on this record which means anyone that listens to church james now is legally obligated to listen to it
2: uh,
0: i think <laughs> is I, I don't know it's in the fine print it is in the if fine print if, if, if you show, download an episode yeah. of church james now and we quadruple bop a record you have to listen to it it's you just it have to that's the rules okay deal with the jammers yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah Thank you again, Matthew, so much. Uh, thank you for having me, for for making this and and bringing it to our attention. So I will ask you now uh, to tell people what you're up to, how they can follow you online. We're doing the the whole plug thing.
3: Sure, yeah. Um, so uh, you can follow us. Our website is PacificoRock.com. We're on every social media platform. Just search Pacifico rock or slash whatever website mm-hmm. slash Pacifico rock. Um, and, uh, we released our newest record, self care back in February of two thousand
0: twenty twenty three. Also listen to um, self care. I just got to say that record. That yeah. was, yeah.
3: I mean, it, it definitely is one of those where like, I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever done. But you know, I think that a lot of musicians think that the newest thing they do is the best thing they've ever done. Oh, but for I really sure. do think so. For sure. But uh, yeah, doing that, and since then, um, I released a demos EP and an, and also a uh, a rural anthology EP that came out this year. Um, got some exciting stuff coming for our 25th year in 2024. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but I am recording right now, as well as there are as something that I've already mastered that's coming out. So uh, definitely follow us uh, and, and look out for that. And um trying to play some shows uh, in the Southeast and uh, I'm on a podcast called moon traveling. Our newest episode with Ronnie will probably already be out by then. But, um, but yeah, we got several different episodes with people that that are great. And um, yeah, I think that's about it.
0: Hell yeah, man. All right. Nice. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. Of course. Um, all right, I'm gonna do our thing real quick. Uh, if you like this, we have more nonsense like it at church or at patreoncom podcast. You can follow us on all the social media at Church Names Now. Of course, may all your favorite bands stay together and peace out. Long prayers.